no, 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 we're live, here it is. Damn it. Can you play that? Hey now, welcome. This is Talking Guitars and 80s Metal Live, the weekly show and podcast here on Johnny Bean TV. It is February 1st, 2022, 8.07 p.m. Eastern, 5.07 Pacific, out here, Santa Cruz, California. Where are you? I am in Mesa, Arizona. And I'm right down the street from Mesa, Arizona. Mesa, Arizona. Nice. Mesa, for those that don't know, is a suburb of Phoenix. It is basically, um, you know, Brooklyn to Manhattan or, or, you know, Oakland to San Francisco. It's next town over. Tons of air pollution. Yep. And Second brutally hot in the summer. Second biggest city in Arizona. Brutally hot. Can be, yeah. Man. It's a brutal 65 degrees right now at 610. <laughs> Ouch. 610. February 1st, it's 65 degrees at 6 o'clock at night. So, yes, life here is hell. Oh, ouch. Uh, but, hey, welcome, everybody. We've got Neander Paul. we got Zims. Don't know where Mancuda is, so hopefully What's he's alive. What's up? What's up? Um, You're not going to make your own show? If anybody uh, has heard from him, let us know. I'll text him. Uh, but hey, let's say hello. Actually, let's do this. I've been doing this the past couple couple shows. Big announcement for you guys. February 11th, 2022. Steve Rosen, rock and roll journalist, will be here. He's got a new book, Tone Chaser, Understanding Edward, My 26-Year Journey with Edward Van Halen. Join us. It'll be awesome. That'll be on a Friday, which is now known as exclusively Van Halen. The Van Halen, Actually, the weekly. You know, yeah, that will be a Friday. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. The weekly EVH shows are Fridays now known as exclusively Van Halen. So tune in. It'll be a, a great time. Right, John? Absolutely. Oh, there he is. <laughs> It'll be awesome. I'm having such a headache today. <laughs> oh, oh, here it comes already. Tone chaser. Oh, no. <laughs> it's already there's problems in paradise. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Talking Guitars and 80s Metal Live. Boy, as live as you can get, right? Yeah. 66. Hellstorm, what kind of guitar are you talking about? Sorry, we're already getting questions from the chat. There we go. $1,200 if everything is good on, on guitar. Fair price for a 90s model what? 
<clears throat> hey, Kurt. Kurt, good day, eh? Thank you so much, dude. Good day, eh? Thank Tell you, man. Fourteen-month uh, member. Twelve hundred is a little high for an Orville. I mean, you can get them for a thousand. Um, you can depends on what it is. Is it an Orville Custom? Is it an Orville Standard? Is it an Orville by Gibson? I mean, there's there's. Is it in Japan still? Yeah, there's a couple of different things. You know, is it coming from a foreign country? Um, what shape Orville, is the Orville? Is it or, is it Australia? Is it, is it popcorn <laughs> shaped? I mean, the Orville. Is, Oval. Just so people Anal? know, is, is the Japanese Gibson Les Paul um, made in the Fujigen factory? Um, which yeah. is a great a great Japanese factory, um, but like all levels of of Asian import guitars, you want to make sure it's the right vintage, the right uh, uh, trim level, and all that stuff to justify it. Twelve hundred dollars isn't bad. It's not the best price. Yeah, I saw one years ago at a guitar center. I think they wanted eight hundred, and it was yeah. it was like it was like uh, you know the the white Les Paul with the black. Mm -hmm. guard and the gold you know i really thought about it i was i was about to go on tour and and one of my main guitars was actually an epiphone les paul and this looked exactly like my guitar but it was an orville orville oval orville anal, anal. and i really thought about getting it i really wanted it now i wish i would have no they're they're good guitars uh but i think you can do better than 1200 I can't even chime in because I don't even know those guitars. Well, you know Fujigen. You know who I know Fujigen. Uh, yeah, I so do you know, know that. I do know them. And you know that that that's the factory. That's it's basically what happened is, <clears throat> and this is this goes back to what we've talked about before. Um, certain guitar companies in Japan, like Edwards, which was made by ESP, uh, or 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 Fernandez, I forget which company those guys are, Bernie. And and Greco started making great copies of Les Pauls in Japan. And so Gibson and Fender stepped in and said, hey, we want to make guitars in Japan, but we don't want to, you know, we, we want to have our guitars sold in Japan, but we don't want to have to import them from America, from Nashville or Corona. So we would like to uh, contract some of the best Jap Japanese manufacturers to make our guitars. Gibson apparently was already a trademarked company name for something else in uh, in Japan. So they decided to differentiate between Gibson and 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 import versions of Gibson that they would name the company Orville, which was Orville Gibson is the man who started Gibson guitars. So Orville became the the Japanese produced Les Paul made in the Fujigen factory. Ah. And they and and the early ones had American pickups in them. They had, you know, whatever whatever the the pickup of the day that was going in the American Les Paul. They would ship those over to Japan, cut the wood there, put them all together there. And again, at the time, uh, the Fujigen factory was making Greco Les Pauls and making them as good as what Gibson was making quality wise. So there you go. There you go. Thank you, Paul. There's, there's, yeah. your, there's your update on what they are, John. Now I'm educated. Yep. Not much different from an American, Les Paul, to be honest with you. 
Uh, being as how I had tech problems getting in the in the chat room today and in the show today, uh, what did I miss? Did we uh, did we say hello to all our producers? Did we say hello to our audience? Nope. Let's let's get this show a rolling. But thank you for the question and thank you, Paulie, for the explanation. And thank you, uh, Johnny, for paying yourself. I mean, a uh, false flag uh, for. Uh... There you go. The lights are yellow. The lights are yellow. You're piss yellow. Hey, yeah. somebody changed Johnny's lights to red for uh, Chinese New Year. Let's uh, wish all our Asian friends out there that celebrate Chinese Lunar New Year. Happy New Year. Good fortune. Good luck. Good health, happiness, and prosperity to you and your family if you're watching out there. Uh, so it please, the green, the color of my mucus. So it's the year of the tiger. This is the year of the tiger. It is the year of the tiger. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know that You'll song. show them you're a the year tiger. Of the tiger. Let's thank you, executive producers, <laughs> the big bosses. They're in here. They're watching. They're critical. And they paid. So we got to do what they say. Let's thank you to executive producers, David Ennis. Oh, there they are now. Vinyl Freak 5150, Mike Neese, Music Therapy Laz, Majestic PB&J Cat, Wayno, False Flag, Sherman Callahan, Andy Carson, Michael B. Is that you, Andy? Uh, Michael B, our Habs, Warlag, the Chad, Linny Lou, and my little geriatric sex kitten boss, Mary. Uh, James Gum, John, uh, is that you, Mary? James Gum, John Moronic, Paul Martin Woods. <laughs> is that supposed to say, is that supposed to say Morning Woods? Johnny, is that a Paul typo? Wood. <laughs> Paul, <laughs> Paul Martin Woods. <laughs> he's got three uh, names, so he's a serial killer. There you go. Stephen Franklin, Michael the Captain Smith. If there was ever a serial killer, it is Michael the Captain Smith. Uh, Thomas Santiago, Joe Christian, Jimmy Ray Hawkins, and Steve Carmichael. Steve Carmichael? Steve Carmichael. Great to talk to you today, man. Awesomes. That is the top tier of channel membership. Channel membership here on Johnny Bean TV. Click the join button below. Just try it. It's, it's so much Just fun. give it a whirl. What's the worst that happens? You spend your 401k and your kid's college fund. You're changing Johnny's lights. Someone change him to red, which signifies luck for the Chinese New Year. Yeah. Yeah. Any super chats will change the color of those lights. Yeah. Uh, what else? We're live on Facebook, Johnny Bean TV Facebook page. We have Facebook stars. And uh, if you'd like to text me, especially at four in the morning, Use WhatsApp. <laughs> yeah, Thank you. I, I if you want a little booty call for Johnny at 4 a.m., that's that's really what you're looking for. Just uh, text that number. Johnny's wife will be like, who's that? Who's that, Johnny? Who's texting you now? Uh, who's it's, Steve it's, Carmichael? It's, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's Lindy Lynch. Huh? <laughs> who's Lindy, octopus ears? Yeah. About to say octopus ears. Who, who's Renus Pinkle? Black salami. What's that about? <laughs> all, all it says is Renus Pinkle, black salami, and octopus ears. What's all that about? A suits repels me. What is that? <laughs> I see what this is about, Joe. No, no, stop packing, honey. Honey, they're listeners. Sure, they are. Sure, they are. Even I know nobody listens to you, Johnny. What's mm -hmm. about this? Glenn Danzig loves come. That's it. I've had it. <laughs> Mama Kuda. 
What's this about? <laughs> I thought you already. I thought you sold that Kramer, Dane. Did the did the guy return it? I uh, know it's a different one that came in. Oh. He wanted him to ship. Yeah, it's a good point. Never ship. <laughs> never, never ship. Wow, a hundred people. Twelve minutes in, a hundred people. That that that's pretty good. Well, that's because they don't know it's not a good show. Let's fake it. Come on. Once they learn, once John starts imitating his mother, the numbers will dwindle exponentially. Yeah, once I start telling you about uh, my my adventures with Mama Kuda this week, all of a sudden the the numbers are going to plummet like the stock market. Believe me. I know. I'm out. There we go. <laughs> Paul's texting with my mom right now. As soon as this show's over, I'm going to take you and stuff you like a Christmas turkey. There we go. <laughs> oh, gobble, gobble, yum, yum, yum. <laughs> Can't wait till you give me that giblet gravy, Paulie. Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. Don't talk about food. I haven't had any dinner yet. Uh, this is the part. What, wait, what is, the, what is coming on my mom's face have to do with your dinner? Does coming on Mancuda's mom's face make you hungry? What's wrong with you, man? No, it was that whole ah. stuff you like a turkey thing that. Oh, that turkey! It. I I got a I got a shit ton of uh of Chinese food for the for the Lunar New Year, or and, as the Chinese uh, call it, food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was funny because I had this conversation uh with my on-air heterosexual life partner Mark. Why is it that we only call tuna fish fish? Like we don't call it salmon fish, you know, or <laughs> there are a couple codfish, swordfish, but tuna fish uh -huh. is like we don't call it like hot dog, hot dog, or beef, or beef, beef, steak, beef. It's Who are beef. these people? All oh, these people, beef dogs, corn <laughs> dogs. The Chinese call them beef dogs. Do they? they? It's a little cross-cultural, you know. Other people eat food that we don't eat here in America. I mean, we we call in New York. Uh, sometimes we call them Franks, or maybe that's just who my mom's blowing. Frank. Uh, no, Frank's I like this in my mouth. Oh, it's Franks. It's Franks Frank. have no beef in them. No, Franks, Franks do have beef. Sure, they do. Ballpark Franks. All beef Franks. Nathan's Franks. Absolutely. Nathan, yeah. Nathan's. Jeff, yeah, Jeff, like Jeff Davidson's that. got your beef, dog. <laughs> We've got beef, man. We got beef. Hot dogs. Hot dogs. <laughs> let's see. Let's let's say um let's see. I know Metal Metalani Met my, my movies are not yet coming out, but there there was uh there was a video released on, on YouTube the other day uh called Kate Slates that was behind the scenes of uh of the shooting of one of my movies. But uh, but no, the movies themselves are not ready. They're they're both in post production right now. But thank you for asking. Uh, let's say hi to all those in the audience. Let's scroll up a little bit. Let's say hi to Craven Sona, Craven Soda, Cantri Fifty Five, Metalini A, CC, Jeff Davidson, Headstock Harem, Megatod Seven Hundred Seven, Paulie Walnuts, Octopus Ears, Nightbot, uh, Jeff Davidson, Mike Nice. Uh, Leo Safko, Keith Campbell, Kurt5150, my girl Sandra Picorni. Ah, Picorni! Ah, Picorni! Ah, Picorni! Me love you a long time. Love that. Uh, let's see. Marky FX, 
Uh, Facebook user. I always love when Facebook user pops up and we have no idea who you are. <laughs> That's Marcy. Marcy does. Just like false flag. That, is that Marcy in there? Hey, Marcy. If, if they said hello. That's Marcy Douglas. Yeah. yeah, that's Marcy. Uh, let's see. Christopher Live, Sawa, Jimmy Ray Hawkins, Janice, la, 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 R2R3, Locking Nut, uh, Mike Mers, Erica Foreman, and her lovely wife, Sophie, uh, Keith Campbell, Craven Soda, Mark Dillon, hey, brother, Alice Martinez, Lindy Lynch, Robbie Johnson, all Dave, all night. The Edge of Breakup, Charlie S., The Original Power Mutants, uh, Dan of New Jersey, Tim Thomas, Drew SGS 60, Warlag, Steve Carmichael, Headstock Harem, Jeff Davidson, uh, let's see, Leo Sufko, we said, who else? Wayno. Executive producer Wayno Hellstorm, Tim Thomas, Mike Neese, uh, Mama Kuda, of course, watching. My buddy Mike Mers, Billy Atkin, um, Zach Thong, Pooh Ninja. Let's see who else we got. Yeah, if you do this, if you do this long enough, I'll be able to get off the show. There you go. <laughs> It'll be eight o'clock. False. False. Yeah. False flag. Uh, Zach Thong. I'm not going to. Zach Thong. Craig Vaughn. My dick is long. Here's my schlong. Um, Nightbot. And everyone else. Uh, Wait, the great Jay Hannon of the band Gizmachi in the chat. There you go. Dang. By the way, we, we really should start the show off by paying tribute to an incredible loss uh, in the music world today. Johnny Z passed. Um, for those who don't know who Johnny Z is, it's Johnny Zazula. Uh, Johnny Z is the founder of Megaforce Records. If it were not for Johnny Z, we would not have bands like Anthrax and Overkill and some band called Metallica. Um, he was who? a guy. That, yes. He was a guy that owned, I think it was called Rock Heaven. Um, or Hard Rock Heaven, I forget, in, in New Jersey uh, back in the day. And he used to get, um, you know, he was part of a tape trading network, sort of like bootlegging back in the day by unsigned bands. And he and Brian Slagle, who um, started Metal Blade Records, um, used to trade tapes back and forth. And Johnny is responsible for um, Metallica getting their first record deal. Um, and as a guy who changed the world of heavy music and the music that we love exponentially, if it weren't for Johnny Z, we might not have King's X or Ace Fraley as a solo artist. Um, he was a legend, and he passed at the age of 69 today. So Was Eddie Trunk involved with him? John, Eddie Somehow? Trunk. Eddie Trunk. Worked there a little? Yeah, he was. I mean, Johnny Z was a mentor to a lot of the East Coast guys. Um, so, you know, if you were involved in metal, uh, in New York or New Jersey at the time, Johnny Z was kind of like the godfather of that. Um, so he ran Megaforce and, uh, and Brian Slagle ran uh, Metal Blade. Um, and Johnny is, is responsible. You know, he used his own money. You know, he used his own money. to. At press. least that Johnny is responsible for stuff. <laughs> Wish ours was. Yeah. And, and, and Johnny was, uh, Johnny was a legend. His, his wife, Marsha, who was his partner, uh, in metal uh, in Megaforce, uh, she passed about a year and a half ago, uh, and Johnny was certainly despondent. And and you know, 
they say like swans, you mate for life. And then when your mate dies, you're not long for this world. Um, mm -hmm. And unfortunately we lost Johnny today and that sucks. Johnny was, Johnny was awesome. Johnny Z is a guy who is, has infinitely influenced my life. I just look at my CD rack and all of the, the, you know, Megaforce records, um, CDs and stuff. That, what that what other bands used. were on that label? I mean, obviously Anthrax, King's X, okay. uh -huh. um, uh, Overkill, Metallica, Ace Fraley signed to Megaforce. Um, Jesus, I mean, it's it's uh, it's a who's who of of labels. I mean, I'll I'll Google it because I can't name everybody. Uh -huh. Those are just the big ones. But I mean, um, Megaforce Records did some amazing shit. Um, oh, DRI. Yeah, DRI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, some of that uh, punk rock stuff. Crossover stuff, ministry, um, you know, uh, Testament. Testament's first stuff was on. Yeah, I, I, I got a list right That's here. That's right. Here we go. Armored we'll Saint. Go. I'm guessing maybe Armored here we, Saint. Here we go. I oh, know Armored Saint was Metal Blade. Here we go. And bands that we would that you would know. Um, obviously, Alien Ant Farm, not a metal band, but I mean that was where Johnny had broke out. Cool but, song. Cool song. Yeah, Anthrax, Icon, King's X, Living Color, Man of War, Merciful Fate, Metallica, Ministry, MOD, Mushroomhead, Exciter, Fozzy, Gravedigger, Frailies. Oh, Mushroomhead. Yeah, uh, yeah. Overkill, Raven, Skid Row, SOD, wow. Testament, TT Quick, um, you know, Bad named Brains. After, uh, named after my bad sexual brains. prowess. Bad Brains. Uh, uh, Cindy Lauper was on, on, on Megaforce at one point. Hank Williams III. That's how she got her deal. Meat Puppets, Peter Chris, uh, Warren Haynes from the Allman Brothers, Johnny Winter. I mean, it's just Meat it was just Puppets was the Phoenix band. So a whole bunch of these bands were on Megaforce. Johnny Z was one of the most important figures in hard rock and metal for a long time, um, and and his his passing is a little bit of our a little bit of our our childhood has gone away. What was that? there. <laughs> <laughs> Thunderstruck in a commercial. Pretty little pre-roll pre there is what's happening. <laughs> is that what heaven is like? Maybe. Honey so got a career was from uh, the early '80s up until. I mean, was he still signing bands up in through the '90s and even into? Because Mushroom Head was probably a '90s band, wasn't it? That's what I yeah, called your father. To the '90s, yeah. And the meat puppets, meat puppets at a little bar down in Phoenix. Those guys were from here in Phoenix. He just passed today, Paulie. Yeah, hmm. that's sad. Wonder if, wonder yeah. if he's up there. I wonder if he's up there cutting deals with uh, with Eddie Van Halen and Randy Rhodes right now. He's, uh, I mean, no, I'm guessing. Chris Oliver. I, hmm, I guess, yes, we got a deal for you. Johnny didn't, Johnny didn't go to heaven. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, he, Johnny's Jewish. So I don't know if the Jews believe in heaven. Oh, we, listen, we believe in whatever we get the cheapest price for. No, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know much about, but I know Johnny, I know Johnny was Jewish. So I don't know that. He's, oh, well, I, well, I, then I'll, I'll, I'll see him. The rest of you won't. Yes. The, the rest. The rest of you non-chosen people won't won't see him. So, right. I'll, I'll see him. I'll see him. He's sealed in the book of life. Yeah, that's quite a list of awesome bands right there. I yeah, mean, no, was, yeah. most of us—that's the only thing we ever listened to—was on that label. 
a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, let's face it. I, I, Metallica. I mean, there's an argument to be made that Testament could be the fifth band of the Big Four: Testament or Exodus. Sure. Um, and Exodus was on Metal Blade, and and Testament was on Megaforce. So I mean, between Megaforce and Metal Blade, those are the two biggest labels for the kind of music that we love. That that heavy '80s heavy metal, um, not not to be confused with '80s hard rock, and and even '80s hard rock. King's X was on Megaforce. Um, the Living thing color. about Megaforce at one point, yeah, at one point Megaforce um, was being distributed by Atlantic Records. Um, so what what would happen was Atlantic Records, oh, okay, sign, yeah. Atlantic Records would sign metal bands, put them on Megaforce, and then if the record sold or got big enough, they would flip it up to either Atco, which was their other subsidiary label, or put them all full up on the Atlantic Records then, label. That's how the Testament got on Atlantic, then. Yes, yes, it was Atlantic I, slash Megaforce. I remember uh, at uh, was it Amoeba or Rasputin? One of those records, I, I happened to, to find uh, Testament's first album. Mm-hmm. And it was on it was on Megaforce, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I bought it. And I, I showed it to Skolnick, you know, because he was teaching lessons at the time at sure. the shop that I worked at, and I showed it to him, and he's like, "Wow!" He was like freaked out by it, so I gave it to him. You know? Yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I'm looking. I have, I have the first, um, you know, Fistful of Metal from Anthrax, the original CD on Megaforce, and Armed and Dangerous. There are three different releases of it. There's the one on Megaforce. Then there's one on Caroline slash Megaforce. Um, and, you know, and, and obviously the first, I think I still have a Megaforce copy of Ride the Lightning on cassette. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there it, it was a it was an important label. It was a very important label for for metal, um, especially from from 83 on um, it. You know, it mm-hmm. it's had its ups and downs. And obviously Johnny was able to branch out to grab artists like Cindy Lauper and Warren Haynes and stuff like that. So he clearly was selective about who would be on the label. He didn't have too many failures. Um, you know, most of the bands and artists that he dealt with were proficient and did well. He was, uh, you know, the, the epitome of a uh, of an independent label who was smart enough to make the right partnerships at the right time. Well, the the one failure they did was uh, was the movie. The the movie was. Uh, was an abysmal failure. It's still a, a lot of fun to watch. What movie? I mean, there's never been a hero like Ace Hunter. You know, <laughs> Johnny. Johnny, spotlight me for a second. Let's just see. There we go. Mm. And once again, my lighting fails me. Was that a mega a mega force uh, yeah. production? Motherfucker. Johnny, can you just get this up there? I don't know. I don't know how to oh, how the fuck. I can't even get this fucking. I can't even do the joke. Hi, Ellie. <laughs> God damn it! Nothing works here. It is a joke. Johnny, bring up Megaforce the movie <laughs> for fuck's sake. Nineteen eighty. Oh, Megaforce the movie. Oh, yes, yes. Bring it up, please. I but saw I, that. That was a good I, one. Yes. Well, see I, it on I, your on your screen right now. I don't believe it has anything to do with Megaforce. I think you're wrong. Johnny, please bring an image up. Megaforce, the movie. There's never been a hero like Ace Hunter. Deeds, not words. So there was a movie called Megaforce, but it has oh. nothing to do with the label. But, but the label. John, you think it's got something to do with the label? But it does. But but it, does have, it does have moment. Woman of the moment from Star Trek, the very first Star Trek, Persis Kambata in it. So you got that going for her. She had a moment. Oh she my gosh. Minutes. She was kind of cute. yeah. 
She was very cute. Look it at her. It starred Barry Bostwick. How can you go wrong with Barry Bostwick? It, he was basically a two cent version of Chuck Norris. Yes, it was. It was an awful movie. Um, oh, I don't know. It was there. Awful. It is. Deeds, oh. not words. I'm reading it right now. I mean, the cast is fantastic. Ace Hunter. That Versus looks rad. Michael Beck, who was, of course, uh, Swan in in the Warriors. Warriors. Uh, Edward Mulhair, who was the ghost in The Ghost and Mrs. Muir. And Henry Silva, who is just a character actor. I mean, there's a lot of really bad people in this movie. Evan Kane. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. This is there we go. Movie, but, but what a cast. Let me tell you something. You get a couple of beers and this movie gets better and better. Yeah, but unfortunately... Johnny Z has nothing to do with it. Or fortunately, Johnny Z has nothing to do with it. <laughs> but I'll bet Johnny okay. Z enjoyed the shit out of it. Me might have, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Or he had a cease and desist order. Listen, nothing says 80s movie like this, no, like Megaforce. No, it's pretty I, awful. It's horrible. Yeah, my, it's terrible. Yeah, my buddy, my buddy Mike and I, we uh we 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 watched this channel that um it specifically spotlights bad movies from Asia or cheesy movies from the seventies and eighties. And, um, it, we were watching like samurai cop one and two, uh, right. and, and yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. waiting for the day when this one comes up. Yeah. Waiting for the day. Samurai yeah. Cop two, Cause they left you hanging on samurai cop one. Well, it's 25 years later, samurai cop, but you know, sure. some, Something like like this, like Megaforce. I mean, this is what I'm waiting for well, to show up on that channel. Go, yeah, yeah, it ended up on Blu-ray. That's pretty big. So there were enough, which is more than any work I've ever done. I was just gonna say it was uh, it was. Here's the thing: as I look at the cast here, you know, at least the cast members involved in the movie are credited. So yeah, they got there, you go. <laughs> there you go. There <laughs> <laughs> This is this is. My, I'm not on the movie posters. Nope. I'm usually sleeping under them and using them in the alley, huddle them for warmth in my box. <laughs> Who's Wiping box? with them. My yeah. niece brings up one of the worst <laughs> movies of all time, Corvette Summer. Corvette Summer yeah, Cor- sucked out loud. My God, not just because Mark Hamill can't act outside of being... Uh, Luke Skywalker. But or the Joker. But what they did to that Corvette and tried to, make it, uh, and tried to pass it off as if it was cool. Yeah, it was. It, they put fiberglass overlays onto a Corvette that made it awkward and weird it's, shaped. Uh, yeah, it was awful. So yes, it looked but, like it looked like a good. melted candle covered Coke bottle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he really he would stupid. repaint it like all the time. He'd pull it oh, in his garage at night, paint it gold or something. There we Boy, go. That that's from natural. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's from Megaforce. Which That's is the like, Mikan cycle. Yeah, it, it's almost like Battlestar Galactica 1980s cycle, where they just oh, took a motorcycle and put some cardboard over it and said it's and a flying cycle. Mike Nice. Mike, course, that's your bike, man. That's me in Grand Theft Auto. I ride that same bike. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And still, Johnny has better roles than my movie roles. I'm just going to say, John, calm the fuck down. Jesus. <laughs> There's like six, pe- six people watching on Grand Theft Auto, and that's still more than my audience. <laughs> Save for here, because they just want to—they just want to see what happens next, or I spontaneously uh, get shot or something. Yeah, there, there's. This is exactly the type of thing that uh, Megaforce produced—a Chuck Norris copy 
on vehicles with cardboard overlays. Even when they're driving, you can kind of see the cardboard floating and, and bouncing off of them. Well, you got to understand those things were literally on because I, I went to Universal Studios in, in the 70s as a kid. And they used to have what they called the Universal Screen Test, where they basically would take somebody out of the audience and put them on a Honda motorcycle. It was like a CB650 or some shit like that. And they just told them to pretend like they're riding the motorcycle. And then they projected the screen behind them, which is what you're seeing right there. Green the screen. Road. Of the yeah, no, but it wasn't even a green screen. It was just a fucking movie screen that they projected literally projected from, from behind. Um, and, Thank you, Octopus Sears. And somebody would be on it, pretending that they were riding the motorcycle. And then, like about thirty seconds into it, they would superimpose Steve Austin, the six million dollar man, chasing them from behind on the motorcycle. And by funny, I mean awful. But in the seventies, we thought that shit was funny. It was good. I I make that noise every time I have sex. Girls, like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm the Bionic Man. You're you moving turn- in slow motion. Can you just shut up and fuck me and stop with the stupid noises? You turn and look at her. You go. It's a seizure. Relax. Yeah, so there, there's Megaforce. And and go to Samurai Cop 2 because yeah, yeah, here's the because, thing. Because they really made leaps and bounds of improvements in the script writing between Samurai Cop and Samurai Cop 2. It was like the difference between Star Wars and Empire. There was a noticeable improvement. <laughs> what's, what's really shocking is Samurai Cop 1 was one of those movies where you had like a black cop straight-laced by the book and you had a rogue, you know, with long hair, white guy, built buff. Half the time he's got his shirt off and he's always running around with guns and, and a samurai sword going, I've got to do this for my honor. I've got to do this my way. You're going rogue, Samurai Cop. You're going rogue. You're breaking every rule in the book, Samurai Cop. You know, it's like they're, they're even calling him Samurai Cop. It's not like, Agent Jenkins, you've got to listen to the rules. No, Samurai Cop, you've gone rogue. You're breaking all the rules. You're going crazy. We've got to take your badge away. I've still got to do things my way for my honor. And, you know, so this, this goes down. And, of course, it's... I'm going to interrupt you for just one second because we need to make a note of this. I want you to make note of when we're done talking about the cinematic masterpiece that is Samurai Cop 2, Deadly Vengeance. Um, we need to talk about Peacemaker. Oh, sure. Okay, go ahead. Continue. <laughs> okay, so Samurai Cop 1, it's basically half the movie is literally guys coming out of a hideout, a car, a bank, a fortress or something with guns out in the open, taking 20 shots out of a six shot revolver at Samurai Cop, who's also out in the open, not getting hit. These guys must have also played stormtroopers. By the way, we also need to point something out here. Samurai Cop came out in 1991. Yes. This is not like you don't even have the excuse of it being like Logan's Run or the Warriors, or Megaforce. <laughs> this movie came out literally fucking 30 years ago. And for about $30 <laughs> of total budget. 20 years so ago, the, really. Yeah, so this is in, in all our lifetimes, except me and Johnny, who are 29. Right, um, of course. So, so, yeah, so these guys come out in the open, and they're like, look, it's Samurai Cop, and they're shooting, shooting, shooting 20 bullets out of a six-shooter, and none of them hit him, even though he's 10 feet away, and you know, literally out in the open and he shoots one shot, blows them apart to the point they're in flames or 
cuts them in half with his sword off camera. You just see a splatter of blood hit his face. And, and you know, that's basically the, the story. And, this, and it's awful. It's terrible. It's terrible. But then the best part is 25 years later, which I think was what, 2017 or something? It, it, they came out with Samurai Cop 2, Deadly Vengeance. And not only did they get the same actors... And well, they're it's like, hard to believe that none of those guys went on to be fucking cinematic superstars. I'm shocked. Ling. Ling I don't know. Was, yeah. They they must have just scraped around the Bowery and Skid Row and said, "Hey, was anyone in here in Samurai Cop the movie? Yeah. I, I was. I was too. Uh, all right. Well, come on. We got food for it. Food. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> Sa- Samurai Cop Two comes out, and it's literally the same type of thing. Um, but with, with the same actors, oh my god, and you know, and the same boss, and the boss is just like Samurai Cop, you're back. I'll give you this badge, but you gotta play by the rules this time, and I'll do my best. And you know, of course, he doesn't, and they take his badge away again. And say it's probably the oh. same bad guys that got shot in the first one. Hey, you want to die again? No one will recognize you. Just put put on this hat. Oh, okay. Samurai Cop 2. This time it's personal. By the way, you gotta love it because porn starlet Lexi Bell is in it. Not not only is it, uh, there's a number of porn stars in the sequel, and and uh, Lexi uh, Bell. Her? Can we see her? Is that her right there? It's one of John Mancuda's favorite movies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're like they they totally can't act. I mean the, the you know the lines are like, oh, Samurai Cop is coming. Coming, I can say that. Coming, oh, coming. No, no, no. He's 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 here. Oh. Kurt, we will, Kurt, we will absolutely talk about the music and Peacemaker again. Oh, sure, we will. Sure, we will. If you, if for those that have never seen it, it is well worth checking out. So, but when we're done with this dissertation on Samurai Cop Two, yeah, and 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 the the big bad guy in this in in Samurai Cop Two, and one of the producers, uh, uh what's her name? John, go to the IMDb real quick for that. I, I forgot her name. Uh, Asian woman, like uh, Biling. She, she was Biling. Biling. Yeah, Biling. Yeah, I mentioned her. I mentioned her about ten minutes ago. I'm sorry, my my head's yeah. so into the storyline. It's the biggest uh, name in the movie. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Even she's, even she's Samurai. A nice, a nice fucking career. Even Samurai Cop, twenty five years later, still hasn't learned how to act. You know, it, it's like I think they're coming. I'm not sure Look. you know this, though, John, but it's very common. Uh, many police forces around America uh, issue katana as their primary <laughs> weapon, as a sidearm for their police. It's, very, it's known that the Fraternal Order of Police have, uh, have, have you know, kind of like the Tonfa-style police baton. They've also, the katana has replaced the shotgun as the sidearm in the patrol vehicle. You may not know that, not being in law enforcement. Not being in law enforcement, and and also I'm 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 also stymied by the idea that the new guns shoot like about forty rounds in uh in a in a in a six shot barrel. Mm-hmm. Yep, I know, I know. Well, you don't have you obviously don't have those amazing guns that they get in the crime world. No, nor the invisible force field that must be around Samurai Cop since he's standing in an open field with about 30 guys shooting at him mm-hmm. and he's running at them with the sword and not one fucking bullet hits the man. Not what, one. What you don't understand is that cops are stormtroopers and they can't hit anything. Bad guys. Oh, no, it's it's mind-blowing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I bet you at some point during this movie, he deflects a bullet with his katana. Well, at least once. At least once. <laughs> it seems like that would really honestly keep crime down by if the cops carried a katana around. You might, yeah. Oh, I, I guarantee it would keep crime down. <laughs> Can you imagine if a cop get out of the car and he just takes his katana and puts it in the scabbard? In the so, like that. So, we're... <clears throat> Domestic violence. Which which one of you? I'll bet it was the bitch, huh? I'll bet she was <laughs> nagging, right? Well, I'll take yeah, care he of this. Over and he takes his katana out and he slices your seatbelt. Well, I, I notice that you do not have your seatbelt on, <laughs> sir. Well, according to the Bushido, she should be serving you dinner right now. Is she not serving you dinner? <laughs> I'll break some ceramic tiles on her head with a rattan cane. <laughs> Oh my God! What a why are her feet not bound? All right, so you know what you've done is you've set the table to make Peacemaker seem like it's a work of of Chaucer. Um, I am not a fan of the Suicide Squad. Um, I didn't see it. I don't care about it. I'm not a huge superhero movie fan unless it's really well done. Um, that said, I do think John Cena could be the next Rock or Dwayne Johnson, if you will. Uh, oh yeah, and, and because I have it on on HBO Max, I started streaming T Peacemaker based upon the musical recommendation. A friend of mine told me about a scene, and John, you'll love this. There's a scene where the Peacemaker. I'm not going to give everything away, but the Peacemaker bangs this chick at her apartment, and he starts going through her record collection. And in her record collection are Pretty Boy Floyd, that's what and I heard. you know a couple of other '80s bands. And then he gets to the Choir Boys. And he goes, oh, my God, choir boys. And he's in his underwear after fucking this chick. And he puts it down on I don't love you anymore. Starts singing it and dancing around the room. <laughs> and while Dang. and while the whole the intimate moment is broken up, and I'm not going to tell you why it was broken up, he has to make his escape. While making his escape, he takes a stack of her records and puts them in a pillowcase, wraps them up and throws them over the balcony because he's leaving. But he's taking her records with him. <laughs> <laughs> All the hair metal this, stuff. Yeah, and I'm not gonna and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give away much more than that. Just know that um Peacemaker is all kinds of politically incorrect, racist, sexist, hilarious. Really everything not, we love about if family guy were a superhero, he would yeah, be peacemaker. Really not um not a superhero show. I mean it is, but it isn't. It's it's uh, an anti peacemaker's an anti hero. Here's the it's, thing, John, it's closer to John, Watchmen than it is to 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 Superman. John Cena's first of all, he's hilarious. He's always yes. been hilarious. That guy has been poised for like a really good signature role. This is a great role um, for him. Yeah, I mean he he was doing like you know SNL and and good really really funny stuff. So he's great. Um, the peacemaker in the comics, first of all. I always looked at him in the comics. I'm a comic book junkie, as you know. And I'm like, what the fuck is with that stupid fucking helmet? Like, you know, who who wants a helmet like that on their head? You, first of all, you look you look like a giant dick, which I do because I got a condom on my fucking head. Um, but, you know, you, you got this big bulbous fucking, you know, mushroom fucking helmet. You look this way. It's like a radar dish, you know, and it can't fucking be comfortable, you know. So you're already starting with that. And then, you know, 
I love the anti-hero, you know, kind of like the Punisher and, you know, Wolverine and guys that, you know, don't mind killing their enemies rather than, uh, you know, and, and collateral damage be damned. You know, so I, I'm i all about this this show. Um, yeah, I'm all about this hero. His sidekick is the Vigilante, who really is sort of a low-rent Deadpool. Um, Vigilante <laughs> actually was way before Deadpool. Vigilante is a hero that came out in like probably about 1985, maybe? 84, yeah. 85, something yeah, like it that. Does, it doesn't matter who came first. It's who's more popular at this point. So, Well, ref, well hold on. Is- the the actually um peacemaker as a comic book came out way way earlier from another company then dc bought it right and then um and then you had uh you know the punisher came out in the 70s i mean all these anti-heroes but deadpool deadpool came out in the 90s is my point yeah keep in mind that um peacemaker um has committed to a world of peace, no matter how many men, women, or children he has to kill to achieve it. Um, Which is great. Kill, and he won't kill people unless there's a dove of peace on the weapon. Uh, the problem is, if he doesn't have a dove of peace on the weapon, he takes out a, shar- a sharpie and tries to draw it. But it always looks like a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it really is a funny fucking show. It really is funny. It's well done. You would not expect John Cena to be this funny. He's almost like Mark Wahlberg on steroids. That's a great uh, analogy. But really, and the funny thing about it is his body now, because he's no longer doing the steroids, all he does is work on his train, his arms. So his arms are freakishly large, but his chest and everything else has gone back to relatively normal proportions. So he looks really <laughs> fucking stupid. And they they call him out for it in the show. Like other villains are like, boy, your body is really weirdly proportioned. He's <laughs> <laughs> like and fucking bunch- Popeye. <laughs> and there's also a bunch of other... Um, uh, a bunch of other like 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 rips on pro wrestling, like you know they they make they make jokes about how stupid pro wrestling is to John Cena. So there's like a lot of inside <laughs> jokes to this thing. Um, I love it because it's not what you think it would be, um, and it's really well written. It's really actually well acted. Um, I am surprised at how good jo- John Cena is. Almost like a cross between Deadpool and The Tick. Yeah, um, Tick and is it's, another one. And it's really, really fucking well done. Um, but I that's the that- beauty of it. The the jokes of this type of show are intentional and right. making fun of themselves. They're yes. self-deprecating versus some shows that just suck. And you're like, oh, why would they make this? Yeah, no. And, and, and I, again, I went into it. Unlike the book of Boba Fett, I went into it with low expectations. I went into the book of Boba Fett thinking, God, this is this, this is going to be as good as The Mandalorian. And no, I spoilers. Been, no spoilers. I couldn't have been more wrong. No spoilers. I'm not going to give any spoilers. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I am disappointed in the book of Boba Fett. Disappointed. I, including up to the most recent episode? Yes. Well, the most recent I, episode. I heard it took I heard it took a sharp turn for good this past week. That's well, a spoiler. Well, I'm no, not, no, I'm not saying I, anything. Here's what I'm going to say about it. I lost Disney Plus, and so I can't watch it anymore. <laughs> here's what I'll say about it. This week's episode isn't really about Boba Fett. And, and well, it was a great like episode. Like you said, no spoilers. Yeah, I'm not going to give up anything to it, but I'm just going to say. this. But it's in the right series. Week, it's in the right series. I'm just saying. It's, 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 it did take a turn. Because the plot line is a little different. 
They're it's, building it, some. They're building yeah, somewhere. It's, it's just it's taking a little while to get. There's a tangential storyline that is being developed that that will I'm hoping will converge and pay off in the end. The, this we'll is see. what I, I I'm gonna was way better. I'm gonna predict this right now because I, I said the same thing about uh, WandaVision when people were were at the beginning saying WandaVision sucks, it's so stupid, it's weird, blah 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 blah. I'm I'm betting Book of Boba Fett is going to pay off in the same way WandaVision paid off. I hope so because I'm real. I'm in, I'm six weeks invested in it now, and it better. I say me. stick with it. I say stick with it because I, I really reason, think they're going somewhere. The only reason why I um I'm 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 seeing it through is because I did it with True Detective, the first series, the first season of True Detective on HBO. Uh, with Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson um, did not, it, it wasn't going anywhere for me until like the fourth or fifth episode. And then there was this turning point, a tipping point, if you will, Malcolm Gladwell fans. And I went, Oh shit. Now it's good. And I'm hoping that that is coming with the book of Boba Fett on the other side. Peacemaker has been hilarious since moment one. And my next thing that I have to do is I, I'm afraid I have to do it. And I don't want to, I used to have a friend's password for Hulu, and I was using their Hulu password in exchange for my Netflix password. I know that's illegal, and I should be uh, should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law for it. But <laughs> yeah, um, but they're I still have, hunting you with that warrant for that illegal cable box back from 1983. But I have to go back and uh, and catch up on Letterkenny because I hear it's fucking outstanding, and it's what is this? A lot Letterkenny. Um, it's a oh, it's yeah. a Canadian TV show similar to Trailer Park Boys. There are a lot of hockey references in it. I watched a, a, I watched an episode of that. It's pretty funny, John. I've seen some clips on on YouTube, and um, it's Canadian. It's about a bunch of young Canadian guys in the town of Letterkenny, um, and you know, just it's ball busting. I, I watched it, you'll the probably first like episode. It. I'll check. You it know, out. They I mean, up I... starting they ended up starting Fartbook instead of Facebook. Yeah, it's juvenile. Oh, that's you, fun. It's like yeah, it's so like you can document your farts. Well, heaven knows my brand of comedy as mature as can be. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus rapes me or Jesus repes me for the kids. <laughs> um, that True Detective, you know, the first three. You're watching the first three episodes. You started episode three, and I know you're thinking to yourself, "Man, this is slow." Whew. There's going to come a point, and Matthew McConaughey yeah. will utter one sentence. And that'll change the whole fucking outlook of it, and you're going to totally be into it at that point. Yeah, uh, most of the to... time it takes three or four episodes t- for something to happen where you're like, "Oh, now it's yeah. got me." Keith Campbell it asked the Bruins game was on on, uh, on Friday. Uh, Bruins game was very sloppy, poorly attended. Uh, if there were four thousand people in the arena, three thousand five hundred of them were Bruins fans, and it was a very sloppy game. But they won two to one. That's all oh, you went for. to a hockey game the other day, huh? Yeah, Friday night. Nice. Hockey schmocky. Yeah. Kurt, Kurt's absolutely right. Season one is better than the other seasons of True Detective. I, I tapped out on the second season. Yeah, th- this is football season, boys and girls. We're, we're no, coming up to Super no, Bowl. It's no, it's not. And, and, and today, have... by the way, if you guys haven't heard outside, today Tom Brady made it official. Done, retired, gone. Going to be fucking Giselle Bunchen, uh daily rather than going to practice. I'm bombed. I like Tom Brady. I admire the guy. No, no, I, I don't. I don't like him, but I do admire his accomplishments. I mean, there'll never be another person like that. But a little sportsy for the for the Tuesday night show. 
And Metalinier, yeah, we talk about everything. We 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 talk about everything. Yeah, we we get in and out of heavy metal. What do you course. think the we chances now that Tom Brady is retired and he's just gonna be hanging out at home with that beautiful wife of his? It's That's gonna all ruin he should be their doing. marriage. It's gonna That's ruin their he marriage. Be. He's gonna well, be yeah, because he's the there. Time. They're gonna get he's, the, he's there. I I couldn't care less. I don't know who that is. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't care less. I mean, it, it's it's great. It's Tom great. Brady. He's uh he's one of the one of the kids. Peter, Bobby, Tom, and uh, Jan, Marcia. Which you know. which one of these football players are you totally sick of seeing them in all these commercials? Cousin all Oliver. Cousin Oliver, the worst Brady player ever. Is that what you meant, Dan? No, I just some of these football commercials. Are you guys? See, we're back to talking about heavy metal because he played. Are you guitar. sick of them? Sick of who? Never mind, Johnny. Football players. She's talking about Mahomes is in every commercial. Brady's in tons of commercials. Mahomes uh, is gonna, Mahomes is at home because he's one of the more <laughs> overrated players in in football history. Um, but going back to <clears throat> going back to comic Peacemaker. books, TV, Peacemaker. The music in Peacemaker is the thing that I love the most. They did an entire episode uh, based around Hanoi Rocks. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. No, there's, there's, there, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, Summertime Girls is used in it from Y&T. Yes, the, there's, there's a, a lot of uh, Pretty Boy Floyd, um, just these obscure. Uh, I don't know what James Gunn is doing, but the, the connection to the 80s hair bands as part of the, the interwoven part is a really funny element of it because I find myself listening to when he turns the radio on, listening to it going, oh, I love that song. Well, That's you good. you know you know who all these new shows are made for is guys in our age bracket because sure. things like that and right. Cobra Kai, not to be mistaken with our valued member Cobra Kai Platoon, uh, right. but but Cobra Kai the show, same thing. All the eighties music you got Rat yeah. and Twisted Sister and all the eighties music playing through it, all the eighties metal music playing through it. I mean, it's it's aimed right at us. We're the target oh. audience. Nerd Halen's at the whiskey tonight. How just Caleb. Just Caleb. Oh, it's All just right, Caleb. That's, that's, that's the best yeah, part of the up on stage. He'll be up on stage. He'll yeah, do I don't something. I don't His bass player's play. there. His bass player is the house is in the house band. Yeah. Oh, he's oh. in the house oh. band. Organizes the jam. It's a Tuesday night jam. Um, and tonight they're with doing Mitch Perry. Mitch Perry. Mitch, Mitch Perry is usually in the house band. Mitch is great. Mitch, Mitch Malloy. Mitch, mm. no, Mitch Perry. Mitch Perry, guy. not to be confused with Mitch Malloy. Mitch Perry. Because there's a huge talent gap between the two. Mitch Perry is a great guitar player and a super nice guy. And Mitch Malloy has a great head of hair and sings other people's songs. Well, he's with Great White now, so he's going to be singing originals soon. No, he won't. Sure, they're we're, originals. We're going to do a new album. <laughs> Orig originals that nobody cares about. <laughs> I love Gray. Hey, don't slam my Great White. I love Gray nobody White. Nobody gives a shit about Mitch Malloy and Great White. Well, they give a shit about Great White in general. They care about Great White in general. Here comes the debate. They do. No, they do. People care about that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, in this corner, Neander Paul. You care about Great White. Most I, I guarantee a lot of people in our audience care about Great White as a band. I care I, about I, Great White. Do they care enough to go see Great White on a Tuesday night in Tempe, Arizona? No, they don't. That they'll they'll go see Great White at, at they'll so, go see Great White as a uh, 
as a headliner and they they fill up they fill up um uh shows great white great white does really good they do okay yeah they do they do i've seen i've seen their audiences lately they they do yeah if you're in the if you're in the chat if you're in the chat and you like great white as a band hit hit it up on the uh on the survey johnny just put up at the top of the chat (laughs) i just know that that mark mark kendall's a great guitarist with the band from we're not talking about whether or not they're talented but we're not talking about great white the answer is do you care about great white do you like their songs do you like their music you can like Great White's music and still not go see them. Yeah, Sherman's got it. Jack how, Russell's great. How often, Paul, do you play a Great White song? I play Jack Russell's a great vocalist, but you know, great again, it's the rest of the band with with a different frontman, you know, or Jack Russell with an entirely new band. I mean, it's six of one, half dozen of another, but you like the you like the music. I'm I'm sure wow. half our audience. Like, this, or, this, uh, what was it? This is like week? split down the it. middle. Look at this. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, I said literally half our audience uh, <laughs> likes great. Ah! That was the big debate last week. <laughs> I missed it, guys. But it was uh, Queensrÿch against um, who was it? The big debate you guys had last week. Uh, oh, Queensrÿch versus Dokken. Who? Yeah, who? That's right. Who had more? Who had more hits? Who had more? Uh, you know who who basically the audience knew Queensrÿche yeah no yes don't stop or, don't you go there don't you go there <laughs> yeah no the idea is do you care about great white do you care about great white's music speaking of cool music by the way today would have been Janie Lane's i think it's it would have been his 50 58th birthday if i'm not mistaken we lost uh we lost janie lane years ago the singer of warrant another favorite band of mine talk about a uh, power couple him and bobby brown if they could have kept it together right well it's hard to keep together when you have have a baby when you have a baby i always say the kids ruin a ruin a relationship but when you have a baby four months in to your relationship Okay, you're a rock star. You're all over the place. She's mm-hmm. a hot rock chick, video mm-hmm. vixen, and and you're like this power couple in metal. You live in this wild life, and then all of a sudden, four months into your marriage, you have a baby. It changes everything. And don't anyone try to tell me it doesn't. <clears throat> your life suddenly turns all upside down. Totally. What do you guys are? Are you guys excited for the Tommy and uh, and Pam uh, and the, the the yeah the Tommy and Pam thing on Hulu? You guys excited oh, yeah. for that? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I am. The actress Paulie that they got to play Pamela is like dead yeah, on. I mean, she she looks great. The the previews look fantastic. I don't mm-hmm. know that I'm interested in the show, but the previews look fantastic. Yeah. 
I think they look great. And that's and that's a cool story. I mean, there's there's another example of of two wild children living out that rock star and and you know mm-hmm. and and pin up girl life, you know. But they didn't mm-hmm. they didn't have a, a kid so fast. They they you know she was she was sucking on his cock the size of a baseball bat and uh, and taking every inch down that hungry gullet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't spoil it for us. Yeah, no spoilers, no spoilers. Uh, I, know, but, I have uh, no idea why Tommy, they broke Tommy's up. hung like a fucking uh, like a fucking flagpole, and uh, oh, Pam is bottomless. So, <laughs> well, I had no idea why um, you know Janie and Bobby broke up so quickly, and I always <laughs> thought, what a well, alcohol, alcohol. He, uh, Janie yeah. was Janie. Look, much love and respect to Janie Lane, but let let's call it what it was. Janie was a, a huge alcoholic. Huge alcoholic. He yep. was a bit on the abusive side and the domestic violence side, according to reports. Wasn't there, but this is what I this is what I remember. And he was a cheater. He cheated on her. Mm-hmm. And this is this is the guy, by the way, who wrote the song I saw red when his ex girlfriend cheated on him with you know reportedly Richie Sambora. So you know oh. you would think you wouldn't cheat after that, but you know. Definitely not trying to slam Janie. Look, I knew the guy. I love the guy. Cool guy. He just had a lot of demons. And the biggest one was was in a bottle. A bottle of Bang Energy? Delicious Bang Energy. Speaking of alcohol, cheating and domestic violence, delicious Bang Energy. Always the right drink at the most inappropriate times. Delicious Bang Energy. Today's flavor is cotton candy. Speaking of Pam Anderson getting that taste of cock out of her mouth, delicious Bang Energy. Gargle and you won't taste Tommy's baseball bat-sized wang. Delicious Bang Energy. Thank you, Bang. Cotton candy is today's flavor. Mm, does not taste like Tommy's load. There you go. And Janie says it makes a great mixer. No, that was terrible. No, look, rest in peace, Janie Lane. I mean, you know, he was an amazing frontman at the right time. I mean, you have to realize he started, <laughs> he started more into kind of like the punk scene, you know, and then he moved to Hollywood and he found out he's like, oh, Hair metal is the thing now. So he was in a band uh, called Plain Jane. And uh, I think I think his name was actually Johnny. But the way he spelled it, J-A-N-I, and the band was was named Plain Jane, the, they, they thought that must be Jane, you know, Janie. They, that must be Jane. So he stuck with it as a stage name, Janie. And, um, you know, basically at, at that point, uh, he joined Warrant. And, you know, the rest is history, basically. And they hit kind of late in the 80s. Wasn't it 88? Or what year did they kind of... What Dirty, Rotten, Filthy, Stickin' Rich. What was that? 89. 88 or 89? Yeah, it was they, kind they of were, late. If, if they were late. A few years earlier, I think it would have been better what for What was them. it, Paulie? I think it was 88. I thought it was 88, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I could be wrong, but I believe... I mean, it, it, that was when they, um, they the band formed earlier than that, but the, the first record came out in 88. Well, he, I think he joined Warrant in like 86, something like that. Warrant was already established as a Sunset yeah. Strip band. They, yeah. they were doing well on the strip, getting gigs. They were not getting a record deal. 
Oh, you know, I take Jane... this back. It was released in January of '89, but it was re- it was recorded in '88. It just didn't... okay. So <laughs> we got the yeah, that's late. So splitting the, hairs, splitting we got hairs, the right? Singles in the summer, late summer of 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 uh, yeah '88. You know, yeah, I bought that record when it came out, and I remember just listening to it like once. Yeah, the videos the videos were on MTV in late '88, though. So Cherry Pie was then '90 or '91. Yeah, that was the end. And I mean, the Cherry Pie I think was '91. If uh, I think Cherry Pie was '91, '90, I think. '90 or '91? Yeah, I don't know. Nobody Either let's anymore. put it this way: Cherry Pie. No. Cherry Pie is interesting <laughs> to me because that album, that album was done and recorded originally supposed to be called Uncle Tom's Cabin. It was done, and that was going to be the first single, which was you know, a great song. That it's a great song, great video yep. where, where freaking Jerry fair, knocks the chair song. away with the bass. I mean, it's just a cool, cool video and song. Um, but the owner, the owner of the record company, called called up Janie like right before it was to be released, and said, "You know what? That, that we're missing a single. I, I wanted, I want you to add one more song. Do something kind of kind of fun and playful, like uh, Aerosmith's Love in an Elevator. I want, I want a song like that." So Janie literally that night wrote, and he wrote it on a pizza box, no less, cherry pie. He said, this is going to be the simplest, stupidest song. Just to just to get him off my back, I'm going to write this song. Suddenly, the next thing you know, he gets the song. He looks at it. He changes everything to Cherry Pie. The, the album cover, the name of the album, the single. Love that song. And, and Janie basically hated that song. He's like, it's the simplest, most stupid song I've ever written. I became known as the cherry pie guy. I thought it was a stupid, meaningless song. I wrote it in like, you know, fucking one night. It was really dumb. And, you know, but it led to him meeting Bobby Brown, which became his wife. And it it certainly made her career. And it put a nice paycheck in his bank account i'm sure oh absolutely cherry listen cherry pie's video is a cool ass video cherry pie's song is probably the, the biggest song they had i mean it, it was a really really popular popular song to this day you hear it in strip clubs not that i go mom not that i go to visit you um but i'm just <laughs> saying i'm just saying it's it's a very very popular song that uh everybody knows you visit me at the club no uh you know but it, it's just a very very popular song that is like an anthem you know and see over half our audience does care about great white thank you thank you to our audience you know, one of the comments was Michael B. He says, what is a down boy? What the hell was a down boy? You know, their uh, warrant song, where the down boys go, right? Yeah. What's a down yeah. boy? Guy, guys that go eat pussy. Those were the people in the know. Yeah, those the were the people with, with, their no, with their nose in the know. The guys that would get down. Yeah. Or they're down with it. Yeah, they were the they were the cool crowd. Thank you, Renus. Yes, they were. And, and, and uh. Warrant, Winger, Slaughter, Danger, Danger. That was the last hurrah. Oh yeah, that was it. That was it. That was. The, and there are there's an argument to be made that it was the glut of those bands that caused the scene to eat itself because of those bands. I just gave you. The four that were worth the shit. 
you know. Uh, Metal EA is quoting Cartman right now. We got a whole bunch of these other bands that came out that just were just, and, and it sucks because we got, and I, you know, it, John knows I'm not a huge fan of, with the exception of Winger, any of those bands. Um, I'm the opposite. I'm a huge yeah, fan of all those bands. Fan of all of those bands, and that's and that's probably an age thing, and it's a textural thing. Um, I was bummed that bands like Danger Danger sold, while bands like Tora Tora and Spread Eagle didn't. Wait, hold um, on. Wait, wait, no. Who did I say it was? I thought I said. Did I say it was Kenny? You said it was Cartman. Oh, I said Cartman. I'm sorry. I meant Kenny. But that's sorry. the that that you know the thing with that is. <laughs> Going down to South Park, gonna have yourself a time. Go ahead, Paul. I'm sorry. Um, I'm, there were a I'm lot of bands that I think came at the end at that point that didn't work because um, the the scene favored image over substance, and that's why I, I believe that bands like Tora Tora, who didn't have a whole lot of personality, Spread Eagle didn't have a whole lot of personality, Blue Murder, Badlands, those guys. A lot of substance in those bands, though. That's what I'm saying. Those bands didn't do well. Bands like Danger Danger and Winger and Warrant and Slaughter did fantastic because they were prepackaged and image, and the vi- visual the image, for MTV. And the image and everything was so well, the product was so well produced versus it was really about the product packaging more than it was the music at that point. And I think a lot of great bands got ignored because they weren't interesting enough and and shit tesla is a great example of that now tesla has had some fantastic success overall there's somewhere but they were just undeniable tesla was they, yeah. so good they, they were, were undeniable so mm-hmm. fanta- you know, tesla was like humble pie or or faces or you know they were a band that did really really well but you had these other bands that were so visually presented well presented trickster you know, um, yeah, that were so Saigon. Great kick. example. Great, but bands great that example. were very that, that were that were visually well presented. Um, and meanwhile, you know, you go back and you listen to like those Circus of Power records, you know, um, or those Spread Eagle records, and they were heavy and they were brutal and they were fun to listen to. And and you know, we all love Blue Murder. We all love Badlands. Sure. There was a there was a group of those bands that were really really good that just got sort of because it wasn't enough time they had to play danger dangerous naughty naughty again because it was a good pop song with a great, great video great and, that, video. and, and it just the rotations and that shit were so high that there was no room for other bands but that's the thing if you were a band or a record company at that point you had to know that half of your audience, at least half, probably more, maybe maybe fucking eighty percent of your audience was was MTV. Was I mean, girls. we were all watching MTV. We were all watching MTV when we got home and Saturday night and and the top twenty video countdown every day. We were all watching MTV. You had to be packaged for MTV. You By had the way, no, to be. Metal Inlet. I I couldn't disagree more. Badlands would not have been huge because they were broken up. They were done. Ray and 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 uh, and Jake just couldn't get along. Um, Sad. That band, yeah, that band was. They were destined to to fail because you had two very very strong personalities that couldn't come to an agreement. Very much like Dawkin. Um, I happen to think Badlands is a better band than Dawkin, 
They didn't sell as many records. They weren't as big, but I like their music, prefer their music more than Dawkins. But I'm, I'm using it as an analogy because George and Don did this. So did Ray and, and, uh, and Jake. That was never going to work. It was kind uh, of I weird mean, we, when, um, when the hair metal thing died off, but some of them held on to that unplugged thing. Remember how big MTV Unplugged was for a year or two there? Well, Chris, you, you had Kiss Unplugged and Tesla, Tesla came Unplugged. In and benefited. Kiss and Tesla, Tesla both on. came in and um, and did that, and both benefited big time yeah, Kiss, from that. Tesla, there was a lot of bands that. Uh, but those well, were the Tesla big two. That Unplugged for that. thing and well, made, made the most was of the it. One that did that. Tesla was the band that made Unplugged cool. They were Kiss they really also. Were. They no, really also did Unplugged Tesla and did brought it years before Kiss. Tesla did MTV Unplugged and Signs became a massive fucking they, hit. It was top and 10. They, and they came out with a home video of it and they did a full album of it, yes. which did yeah. really, really well. Yes, right. they were the first mm -hmm. band to make MTV Unplugged huge. It was Tesla that did that. And people don't realize that. Then after Tesla, Eric Clapton did it. And Nirvana, and then Nirvana did it, right? And then Allison Chains did it, and there were. But when here's the thing: when when here. when Kiss when Kiss did it, you have to realize that was the point that they brought back the old band. That has nothing that to do was, with Unplugged, though. That that is a Kiss thing. That resurrected Kiss's brand. It had nothing to do with right, unplugged. but it was the, it was the Unplugged before. But it was the Unplugged performance that brought back Peter and Ace into that fold and started that ball rolling of them getting back together for that first reunion tour. I understand that, so but that, that has nothing to do with the un MTV Unplugged. The format didn't exist. If if M if Tesla hadn't had success. No, te no, I agree with you. Tesla was the one that got it ball rolling. But right. I think the two watermarks for our purposes, I mean, sure, you could say Nirvana, but I don't want to talk about fucking Nirvana. Right. Um, you know, for, for, for the hair metal guys, for the metal guys, for the rockers that we are, the two watermarks were really Tesla with the, the five-man acoustical band, five-man mm -hmm. acoustical jam mm -hmm. named mm -hmm. after five-man acoustical band. And later mm -hmm. on in, in the early 90s, the, the Kiss performance. Mm -hmm. Those were, but as far, were go ahead. But I'm sorry, but going back to Tesla, the reason Tesla did so well, they were too talented to deny. Recently, they did a survey saying if we were going to add one more band to the uh, the the um, the stadium tour, that might or might not happen. Um, which uh, who would you want? Like, Poison has already decided. Fuck you guys. We're touring. <laughs> yeah, just you know, if we decided to add a sweetener just to make up for Mick, you know, uh, for Vince sucking, uh, who would it be? Half the people said Tesla. Yes. I mean, you got some good votes. You got Warrant, you got Winger, two really great bands that mm -hmm. are great live. They came up pretty high too. Uh, but Tesla was like two to one as as the band that people wanted to see on that tour. And I've seen Tesla live, so have you a billion times. Mm -hmm. So good live. So good live. And mm -hmm. Jeff Keith still has his voice, blows mm -hmm. most singers away. Really, really good stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, yeah because was... at the time of Unplugged, bands like Stone Temple Pilots, they were having hit songs that were basically acoustic songs. A lot of bands... Uh, we're doing songs that were all acoustic and they were hit songs.
And so, yeah. you know, Tesla jumped that on that crowd. bandwagon and made it happen. Octopus ears. If you've never seen Tesla live, trust me when I say there's certain bands that are really, really great live. Poison is really, really great live. Uh, uh, Warrant really, really great live. Tesla is another one of those bands that just sounds how you want them to sound. And they're not using backgrounds and they're not using recordings and they're not playing around. They sound good live and they, you know, they do their business. I would, yeah, I would disagree with octopus ears. I I don't know if that's an age thing or not, but uh, if you go back to the Tesla catalog, um, they are a stellar band, wrote some stellar songs. A lot of hits. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic band. Um, very, very well, uh, again, a band that does a, uh, um, that does just doesn't have any image. They're just not interesting. They're sa- They're from Sacramento. Um, they're not from LA. They're not from San Francisco. They are literally down home, regular t-shirt and jeans guys. None of the guys in the band is really good looking. Uh, Tommy was, but Tommy was on heroin and, uh, and got kicked out of the band 20 years ago. Um, Oops. The kind um, of guys that you could just call up in the middle of the night, relate, and, hey, man, and get a bag of heroin doing? from. Well, in, 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 in full disclosure, I'm, I'm, they're some of my best friends. So I will, I will defer on that side. Uh, Tom, Tommy is, Tommy was a nightmare, but, but Frankie and, and, um, and Johnny found out one night when, uh, when we called. Um, Brian <laughs> at 11 o'clock at night. Uh, <laughs> you motherfucker don't ever call this number again. He knew who it was and he was, he handled it very well and he was very pleasant, but it took me a couple of weeks to, to, to apologize to him for that call. Cause I just didn't know he was on in New York when we were here on the West coast. I thought he was up inside. Hey, we it's Neanderthal. You live on the air, huh? Yeah. You motherfucker. Uh, uh, we're li- live on the air. Oh, uh, uh, hello. He so- Say hi. You know, he was cool. No, nah, he was. He's cool. totally cool. He's nah, cool, he's totally but, cool. But, uh, he was like, hey, man, you should have told me we were like live. I go, I'm sorry, Brian. I didn't know you'd fucking yell. Yeah. I think it was a big deal. Um, but but Frankie and, and Jeff, Frankie and Jeff and uh, and Brian couldn't be nicer guys. Um, and even Dave, who's the replacement guitar player, and he's been in the band for a while now for Tommy, is the coolest, nicest guy in the world. Troy is... Um, is a good dude when you get to know him, but he sometimes it takes a while to get to know him. Those guys are a fantastic band and deserve to be bigger. They deserve oh, to be yeah. bigger. They deserve to have been better. They wrote songs that were as good as, if not better than, most of the bigger three bands that were of that hair band era. Great band. And Just they still go out band. on those rock cruises and stuff like that. The, yeah, you know. and they're, and they're oh, comfortable yeah. and they're nice and they, they don't have any of that ego. Um. They're not like they were never rock stars. That's just not the way they are as people. Uh, What's really funny is is after after the eighties collapsed, uh, Jeff was was the DJ in a strip club. That was where you found him. That's where someone found him and said, "Hey, why don't you get Tesla back together?" And he's just like, "I don't know." And he, he basically talked him into calling everybody and getting the band back together, and they did. My friend Pat Martin is responsible funny. for that. Huh. My friend Pat Martin is responsible for getting Tesla back together. Pat Martin was a uh, was a radio DJ in Sacramento, <laughs> and he he was the guy that that got all those guys in the same room and told them they should get a therapist and get their shit together because they were too good a band <laughs> to not do well. <clears throat> so, 
Yeah. Um, and yeah, someone brought up Enough's Enough. Enough's Enough was another band that got the image right. What are you doing, Dane? What are you I doing? I mean, Donnie decided to stand up. Oh, oh. It's good for oh, you. All yeah. Standing up. I, I, I do half the show standing up now. Oh, everybody go to the crotch cam. <laughs> Boater jams. Yes, I know. And Octopus ears. I know that Pat is still on. He's doing mornings at the Classic Rock Station there now. <laughs> Thank you, Boner. Which is what I say every time after I have sex. Thank you, Boner. <laughs> oh, look at that. Yeah, you made nine ninety nine. Oh, what are you talking? Oh, Dane. Dane pretending to pretending he can play guitar. I I like the uh, the way you've got those BC riches on display, Dane. Those are pretty badass, aren't they? They are, and I like the way you have them displayed up over the rack. Is that is that new that you put them up there? No, they've been up there. You guys just haven't seen them. Oh, okay. Got one over there. I got a, a bitch over there. Oh, nice. Oh, and wait my, a minute. My in the way, but yeah. Oh. I got some BC bitches up there. No, listen, that's that's one of my favorite brands. Everybody knows it. I have more BC riches than uh, probably than any other brand. And you know collection. what to do with. Yeah. My buddy's painting one. Let me see if I can find a photo. I, I love BC Rich. By the way, tonight's show and tell guitar is not a BC Rich. It's not. I'm sorry to say. There's your clue. Here is my. Uh, if you could read my, my mind, if you could read my mind, you'd have the clue. How about that paint job? That looks like uh, Lamborghini kind of orange. Orange kind of fades into a yellow. Oh, it's an ombre. Yeah. It's one bad ombre. Another week or so. He'll I was starting to say in. someone brought up enough's enough in the chat. And uh, that that's another great band that was that was packaged perfectly for MTV. But with that, that elements kind of like that making the 60s cool again. You know, uh, who's calling in? Let's see. What we got, Johnny? Guys, I hate to say it, but I'm going to cut out early because it's my girlfriend's birthday. Oh, I'm sorry to say that. Is your girlfriend Janie Lane? Happy birthday. Hang on one second, okay? Hang Happy on. birthday to your girlfriend. Is that your girlfriend on with Johnny right now? Is this Yeah. He's, yeah. <laughs> this is Kurt with a C. Oh, it's Kurt with a C. Bye, guys. Bye, Good night, hey, Dave. Good night, brother. Hey, What's man. Oh, I'm just, I'm just, uh, having a show. Look, I'm on TV. <laughs> nice. What are you doing? What's oh, new? The, the reason I, the, the reason I called is I was just watching you guys and you were talking about Tesla being an underrated band, which I completely agree. Mm -hmm. I saw them in 87 when they opened for Def Leppard. Anyway great band kick-ass but when you when you were when you're talking about underrated bands and it's a band that no one talks about y and t we've we talked talk about y and t yeah do you know much of their stuff johnny i <laughs> i i just know that they're Him? from here uh i oh know that God, they have johnny. two letters in their name you, you I, I know there's an ampersand in there it's just thank you my Sharon. older brother and i used to talk about it that they they must have had bad management and then 
why they weren't bigger than they than they were and then we started hearing things and that's what it was but ynt they've got some unbelievable stuff oh yeah dave manichetti the singer slash lead guitar player unbelievable in both areas we've talked about them a bunch of times uh, paul neanderthal to talk about it because i guarantee he knows about it but ynt has got to be the most underrated Good. <laughs> I'm right here. Yes, I know about Y and T also. We've but we've all talked so, anyway, about. I'm going to get off and let you guys talk about it if you want to or not. I don't know anything about Y and T. Paul has Paul? other CDs. weren't were we just talking about them, Paul? Were we just <laughs> yeah. talking about them? He like has all their albums. Two weeks yeah. ago, I wouldn't. I wouldn't Paul know does. anything about Y and T. This is only. I don't know. This is about. Yeah, so do I. They're, they're they're unbelievable. <laughs> And Johnny, I'm not just saying this. You you should spend a couple hours listening to their stuff. Oh, it will good luck blow with your that. Mind that you'll think that you'll be like, oh my god, I've never heard these guys as shit, and they're better than most of the shit that I've heard in the '80s. Period. They're they're, they're and I'm they're, not I mean, exaggerating. If they're if they're not wow. the police or Duran Duran, Johnny doesn't yeah. want to know them. Well, here's I'm, the not, I'm not I'm not just saying that. The problem with Y&T is they're yeah. not interesting. They're no, not, they have no image. They anyway, have no image. Okay, I'll get off here. All right. They, they have no Thank image. you, Paul, we, with the C. Hey, or call. Hey, or what's your name? Were the we Kurt with the C. <laughs> were we literally? <laughs> okay. If it was Paul with a C, it would be Kapal. <laughs> yeah, Kurt with a C. I Kurt like with a C. Thank Neander you so much call. for calling. Neanderthal. Yeah. Okay. Right, were we literally just talking about them like... Two weeks ago, or last week, or two weeks ago. Yeah, the the problem with Y&T. First of all, I can't get the first two albums um, on CD. They're very difficult to find when they were just yesterday and today. So the first real CD that you can get from them is Earthshaker, which is their third record. But it's also when they made a stylistic change. Um, but if you go down that list, I mean, Black Tiger is a classic. Mean Street is a classic. Huge um, classic. Everybody remembers Rock and Roll is going to save the world. Um, and then, of course, Open Fire had had Summertime Girls on it, the original version of Summertime Girls. Big hit for and then, them. And then, of course, they then they then put it on this album so that people would buy the same album twice on Down for the Smart Count. move. Yep. And then uh, 10, <laughs> I'm sorry, Contagious was their moment on MTV. Contagious was had um, uh, Boys Night Out and the song Contagious. Um, and that's when they when they started to make some videos. Um and then 10 was another one that didn't, you know, that was when it was over. They had a two album run that almost made it on MTV. And then after that. But then they, didn't they older. start videos with Summertime Girls or was it Mean Streak or? Oh, yeah. I mean, they did. They did older videos. They had some older concert stuff. They actually MTV showed an entire concert of live uh, of Y&T live from Philadelphia, I believe. I don't know if it was the Trocadero um but there was a there was on the In Rock We Trust tour, which is 1985. They showed an entire. Uh, uh, in fact, executive producer Wayno has it on video somewhere. Um, Octopus is fair to Midland is okay. Just to just to, to vary away for just a second, they're okay, but nobody cares. Um, they don't sell a lot. And of just to an, kind of speak cool of Wayno, speak of Wayno, just to answer Wayno's question, yeah, Warren's original guitarists on the first album were not played 
by uh, by Joey Allen and Eric Turner. We talked about this on the show before. They brought in a better uh, studio musician to play those solos and said, look, guys, if you want this deal, you either want to sink or swim based on this first album. You swallow your pride. We get good guitar solos in. You guys learn those solos, and then we're off to the races. Or you could do what you want, and we just sink. So what do you want to do? So credit to Eric and Joey. They put aside their pride and they said, all right, have him do the solos. And and he did. And they claimed to play them. And then years later admitted, yeah, someone else played those on the album. We just learned them later on because we weren't as good guitarists as this guy. You know, who was it? We we talked about him before. I forget the name. You could you could Google it and find it out while we talk about uh, Y and T. I just wanted to answer that for Wayno because he asked that question like a half hour ago. Yeah, no, that's and that was a, again. There's a great example of what a lot of people don't know. A lot of your favorite bands didn't even play on their favorite albums. I mean, they're, they're when you're a band, you become an employee of the record company and the record company says, okay, that song isn't good enough or your playing isn't good enough. This is what we're going to do for you. We're going to bring in an outside writer. We're going to bring in some ghost players um, and they're going to play these songs and they're going to be great. And you're going to learn these songs and go out and play them. Um, there are very few bands like the Beatles or like Led Zeppelin that had complete autonomy over their creative output. Um, and sometimes that works in your favor and sometimes it doesn't. I'll give you a great example. Hold on. Before you, before you do that player, by the way, Mike slammer. Thank you. Um, Y and T had complete control over their creative output. How many records have they sold? Warren did not have complete control over their creative output. How many records did they sell in the end? Sometimes the record company knows better. From a business standpoint, from a business standpoint, and it goes back to what we were just talking about with Danger Danger and Warrant and Winger and Slaughter, those bands sold millions of records because they were very photogenic and looked great and the package was well done, whereas bands like Badlands and Spread Eagle and Circus of Power didn't because they did their thing. They did it their way, and their way wasn't the right way at that time. But just also remember, just to be clear, most bands did play their own music on albums. There were examples, though, like on Kiss Alive, like on the first Warrant album. Uh, you know, you there, there are examples where they got ghost players. That's not the norm, it, but it did happen sometimes two on words, rare occasions. Two words, Muscle Shoals, second two words, Wrecking Crew, um, Les Dudek, uh, Robert Mason, uh, there are a lot of guys, Steve Lukather, a lot of guys who made a lot of money. Rick Derringer made a lot of money playing on other people's records. Fuck Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page is on. I was on a hundred records. You don't even know he's on. Um, there are guys. There are guys who just who have made an incredible amount of money playing the songs that you think are the greatest songs of all time. Bob um, Kulik. Yeah, Bob Kulik played on a bunch of records. I mean, there are a lot of those guys that did that. Now. Y&T, fantastic band, um, and and I think we've talked about them, but they suffer. We've from talked the same about thing. Ronnie for sure. Um, they have a they have a um, Ronnie Latecro. Yeah, Ronnie Latecro from from TNT. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. I was just talking about. I'm, th- I'm sorry, I mixed that up. That's on me. Yep. Um, and Dave Menachetti is is a great songwriter, great singer, great TNT, guitar player. TNT. But nobody cares. And, and I, I know that's a phrase. When I say nobody cares, it means it didn't sell. It didn't pop. It didn't grab the, the, the collective plot. It doesn't make the music any less 
enjoyable. I fucking love this band. Otherwise, I wouldn't own four, eight, 13 of their albums, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But that Thank said, you, I'm in the extreme minority. I probably own, I'm probably own more Y&T albums than anyone else in Phoenix. <laughs> I, I have them, but not quite at hand right now, but, but I do have them. It's, I do, it's, I do. There are, there are bands, I probably own more Hanoi Rocks than anyone else in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I own more Motorhead than anyone else in Phoenix. There's just, you know, there's a limited number. That doesn't mean the bands aren't good. I love these fucking bands. I own their records. I don't listen to them in the cloud. I bought the CDs. Which is uh, what we always tell you to do. But that doesn't that doesn't mean that the rest of the world caught on to what I dig. And I don't give a shit if the rest of the world, and you shouldn't either. If you like a band and Mancuda thinks they suck, or I think they suck, or Johnny's never listened to them, fucking love that band. Embrace them and enjoy their music. Don't let anybody tell you what music you should like or what music you shouldn't like. I think a lot of bands suck that have sold millions of records. So unless one guy has got millions of records in his basement, I am outvoted. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Kai Matthews. I I always say listen to what you like. I mean, look, if you were going to listen to just what's popular, you wouldn't be on this show. You wouldn't be looking at our at our our stunningly handsome three faces right now. (laughs) You know, you wouldn't be. You know, because that that's the fact. And and you know what? We're speaking of Y and T. Johnny, Google an album. Well, now Johnny means business. Now you just like now you just like like you just look like you're ready for the Turtle Club now. Am I not turtly enough for your turtle club? By the way, Jonathan Davis called. He wants his tracksuit back. <laughs> I went rollerblading earlier. That's why I'm wearing this. Rollerblading. Johnny, look up look up Masters of Metal compilation uh, cassette. I've talked about this album. This was an early exposure to me of bands that I'd never heard of, including Y&T. Um, this was one of those catch-all metal albums that they played a song even start to finish it like cuts off the very end of the song to start into the next song just to save a little money (laughs) instead of fading out it just cuts it off um and this album had like (laughs) this album had uh yt yt mean streak it had dock and break in the chains it had um uh rush let's see what, what did i have a rush i think tom sawyer um it, it was it was just let's see dio Is it that one uh, yeah that's it let's see what give me give me the song list there let's see zebra who's behind the door um sure. don't let's ma- see. get black- mad get even from helix jesus trashed by black sabbath we're going this through. was this i got this as a little kid so this this was like great for me rainbow in the dark by on. dio no it's got some great stuff lick it up by kiss um, looks the kill by Motley Crue, Street of Dreams by Rainbow, Rush's Tom Sawyer, uh, Screaming in the Night by Crocus, which was really the 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 main reason I bought this CD. My was least favorite Crocus that. song too. That's my favorite. That's I my absolute that favorite. I hate that song. Crocus, I think, was so much better than that song. But and twisted and twisted sisters, you can't stop rock and roll, which was off. Yes. Of, I think what under the blade? No, that's on you. You can't stop rock and roll. Okay, that all right. So that was the title track of an early one of theirs. Iron Maiden's yeah. the trooper. How do you go yes. wrong? It's the album right before Stay Hungry. There you go. Yeah, that means- so was it under? The, uh, let's see. Under the under blade, the blade was what? Stop rock and roll. Stay hungry. 
Okay, I'm mixing the two up then. I'm mixing the two up. Yeah, Under the Blade Um, was was the first full-length Twisted Sister record. Okay, but but this was, I mean, this is a great compilation. How many of you out there had this? Did any of you in the audience have this? Because this this is a really cool compilation. (laughs) What? By K-Tel. Yeah, of course. By the way, K-Tel later on to release an album by Venom. True story. I got an album from College Radio from Venom that was on K-Tel Records. KTEL was doing all sorts of these compilation albums that you'd see like infomercials on late at night. Uh, you know, I like romance music. And when I like romance music, I go to my KTEL compilation of hot romantic ditties. Yeah. Hot romantic titties? No, hot romantic ditties. Listen to Barry out. White. Huh? I got to take a dog out. I'll be right back. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you, David Crosby. By the way, uh, David Crosby is threatening to put his music on Spotify if uh, if they don't uh, take away Joe Rogan. <laughs> David David Crosby and Yoko Ono are both threatening to put their music on Spotify, so we got to fix that situation. No, this this oh, is this is one of those KTEL records. For those that don't know, they put together these compilations, and they you know they bought them for like next to nothing. They basically went to the record companies and said, "Look, we need some metal songs. Which ones can you give us on the cheap? We'll buy you know uh, fifteen of them. You got to really, really you know give us some some just some names." And they're like, all right, we'll give you ones we've played to death that everyone knows that we've already marketed to death that already hit after hit that, you know, we, we probably can't milk much more money out of. And we'll give you like one of each of these guys. And you got like a good assemblage of like, you know, Helix wasn't mm-hmm. big at the time. Um, but, you know, you could see Helix was definitely a band that, um, you know, they 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 got it at a discount. Uh, same with Crocus. Crocus wasn't commanding a big amount of money, but you know, look, you got you got uh, you know Zebra, who's behind the door. Dio's Rainbow in the Dark. Uh, Kisses Lick It Up was was very big at the time, so you know they they got a bargain with that. Um, let's see, Doc and Breaking the Chains. That was another favorite of mine in uh, in that on that album. Uh, where is it? Why am I not seeing it on there? Wait a minute. Where where is that? Black Sabbath. Okay, so it was one, two. It was third song, third song in. Which you know, for me, I I always went with the formula. Okay, what's the third song and the fifth song, and then the ballad is probably like the the you know the last song, and you know, but it didn't work this way. KTEL basically, you know, they did this with you know with seventies pop music, with you know the Jacksons, they did a collection. I mean, they they basically bought up these songs from these companies, and this was their you know venture into metal. Um, that you know, and they'd have these commercials, kind of like a monster truck show commercial. Masters of metal, masters of metal, master, master, masters of metal, 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 metal. Right now, masters of metal, get masters of metal, masters of metal as the greatest songs like these familiar hits. Breaking the chains. Who's behind the door? Zebra. I mean, they would they would literally like play clips of it like it was a monster truck show. 
And, uh, you know, they, they give these over the top commercials and whatnot. I see that. Okay. So there's their volume two, or is that, that's another company. I don't that's know. Masters of metal, uh, strike force volume two. That's on okay, Warner so, brothers. All right. So that's another company. This is KTEL was something special because just, just their commercials were like already just so over the top, you know, uh, Bozik, welcome. <laughs> uh let's see so yeah so this you know the, these are obviously different brands of people who took the name masters of metal i guess ktel you know didn't copyright it or anything but that was like the original masters of metal cd um what was that johnny like cd too did you uh, have the cassette sorry, or cassette. the cd cassette i had the cassette i had the cassette i had everything on cassette i, I bought very little vinyl and then later on, I got very into CDs, uh, but cassettes was like my main thing. But no, th this was a big thing. I mean, to have Motley Crue, you know, um, you know, who at the time was was getting up there real hot. Kiss Lick It Up was very hot at that time. 84 uh, is when this came out. Yeah. So, you know, again, this is this is like right when everyone was was getting into metal big time, um, you know, but, you know, things like. You know, Y&T Helix. I mean, you know, these are these are solid bands. All of them are solid bands. You know, but like this, this was a very, very cool compilation of stuff uh, at the time. Go to go to the track list again, Johnny. Just looking. Uh, and you know, what do you what do you do with Black Sabbath? I mean, you know, Trashed wasn't like the the ideal choice. But not not a bad song, not a bad song. You know they could have they could have picked something better. But um, Mean Streak was great for Y and T. Who's behind the door was was Zebra's big song. Rainbow in the Dark was for Dio. Um, Helix. I wasn't familiar at the time with Don't Get Mad Yet. Even Molly Crew looks at Kill was a big score for them. Rush obviously Tom Sawyer was their big big song at the time. Um, but you know Twisted Sister. They hadn't then come out with uh, with Stay Hungry yet, so they were they were not as big as they they became. But you can't stop rock and roll is a great song, and obviously for Iron Maiden, the Trooper is like a standard. So this is uh you know this this was my first exposure to some bands, including Y and T. Um, let's see what cassette Michael B wants to know what cassette did I wear out and rebuy the most slippery when wet. I bought the cassette three times. Um, I, I went through copies of, uh, of, of slippery and of, um, the first Bon Jovi. Um, I did have to buy a second copy of masters of metal and I did have to buy a second copy <laughs> of, uh, you of could find Dio. another copy of that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, <laughs> I still have it to this day. Um, and then I did have to buy a copy of, uh, of Dio last in line. Cause I, I wore the shit out of that one. I love that. I love that album. Um, so those, those were my, my big ones. And then, um, like I said, the thing about this, the KTEL compilations like masters of metal, they, they literally just cut the song into fit. And in as much, cassette tape as they could save just to like you know shorten the length of the cassette 
so you could save on the magnetic tape. They like started the song without the intro. You know, if they had like a long fading intro, they just started it right there at the, at the, the very yeah. harsh beginning and cut it off at the end. No fade out. No, just it? got the looks that kill. Cut. You know, I have a KTEL uh, of uh, like 80s, like rock. I've had a sit let's, in let's years. Let's see what you got on there. Oh, man. I don't know if it's still here. Johnny wore it out already. I had it <laughs> sitting right here for years. Yeah, I don't know where it is, but but the reason I bought it is because it had uh, Van Halen's uh, Pretty Woman on it. But it was the only like this was by Ktel, but it was it was the single version, so the forty five was the same. But the only way, if you're a Van Halen nerd, the only way you could hear the are you, actual are you a Van Halen nerd, Johnny? I am. I wasn't I admit aware. It. I wasn't aware. <laughs> I admit this. I admit this. And by the and by the way, uh, yeah, Dio's Last in Line was my theme song because at every gangbang I was always last. <laughs> go ahead man Kuda. she's like vanilla pudding by now go ahead oh, dip it in have fun but so so the ktel tape that i had it had oh pretty woman and th- with that tape and with the, the like the the single 45 that was the only way you could hear the the actual intro to the song because on diver down it goes from intruder into pretty woman it's just like sliced like right in right but the actual intro to pretty woman is just a, a bass drum hit and then nice. the song starts. Nice. And, and you know, right the other thing, you know, people are asking, well, how do you wear out cassettes? Cassettes wore out because they were thin magnetic tape. But the other thing you have to remember was back in the day, you, you wouldn't take care of your cassettes initially. When you first started getting into music, you know, you, you threw them in your Walkman and, you know, you took it to school and it kind of got beat up or you threw them in your car. And when you were done, you're like, oh, put it in the back seat, like over your shoulder, you know, you put mm-hmm. in the wrong cassette case or on the floor, your friend's stepping on it. So like, yeah, cassettes wore out until you started like getting serious into music. Then you got cassette suitcases, which like, you know, you open it up, it holds 50 cassettes and, you know, then you started taking care of them. They didn't wear out as much, you those. know? Yeah. Still, yeah. They, get, they get heavy and there's no protection on them. Oh, uh, yeah. Funny story. Uh, it's like 1980, <clears throat> 87 or 88. It's like the Goldbergs. It was September 4th, 1980 something. I was like, yeah, it was like 1987, 88. And I, I was uh, dating a girl who was a lawyer's daughter. She had some money and they had a condo in uh, Marco Island, Florida, which is down in the, yeah, it's down in the Gulf coast of Florida. It's, it's a very rich area. Um, and so I got to go down there and fly down there for a week on vacation. Of course I had to pay for my own plane and all that shit. That wasn't, I wasn't a whore like Mancuda. And I, uh, guilty. <laughs> guilty. Um, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be like, I'd be like, you don't have a, a private jet. <laughs> so the, I had one of the, I had, you know, the, 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 I still have the briefcase, one of the briefcase, which by the way, when the latches die, you just use some duct tape to keep them closed. Um, and, uh, I had a smaller version of it that held, held like 20 cassettes. And I, you know, I was only going to be gone for a couple of days. So I brought 20 cassettes with me. Well, my ex-girlfriend, her brother is autistic. And this is now in the 1980s autistic. This is like right when Rain Man was coming out. Right. So, so her brother says, Hey, I'm interested in listening to the music you listen to. Can I borrow your cassettes? I didn't think twice about it. I gave him the cassette thing, handed it to him, and we landed in Florida. And about, I want to say two days into the trip, he came back to me and handed me back the cassettes. He had listened to all of them and then started asking me questions about the bands. Like, what does 
Widowmaker mean when when Blackie Lawless from Wasp he had read all of the liner cards and all of the things and started quizzing me on bands and I'm like I don't fucking know what are you talking <laughs> about I'm 19 what the hell do I know Listen I I'm interested in your daughter's vagina yeah, I'm I, I'm not interested in nothing else. Um, <laughs> your sister but it was so weird to have that so weird to have that conversation because he literally came to me with like the tape. He's like, here you go. I have a couple of questions. Okay, what do you got? <laughs> Blackie Lawless. He's the bass player for Wasp. I'm like, yes, he is. First two Wasp albums. Um, yes, he is. Why? What 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 questions you have? In the song Widowmaker, is he talking about I don't know, Fred, man. I have no fucking idea what he's talking about. I I don't know, man. It's just a song. You know, but he was looking for like this deep meaning for it. And that's whenever you talk about the cassette. You know, the briefcase, it just the reminds me of the story. Oh, it's so good. What's really funny is they came in all different sizes. You you know, you started off with your standard one, which held what? Probably like 30, something like that. I think it was like three rows of 10. It was either three rows of 10 or, or four rows of eight. So like 32. Yeah, something like that. Then you had like the little yeah. ones, like you mentioned, which had, you know, probably, you know, I don't know, like 15, 10 or 18, something yeah. Something like that. And then they did those ones where it was like the 32, but double-sided. So you could yeah, flip it over that. and have another one. It was like a piece of luggage. And the thing is, you, you know, people were stupid. They always left them in their cars. And I had friends that would like go through cars. I'll get like one. They'd be, yeah, they'd be like walking, you know, walking to the concert venue. They'd look into cars like, hey, you know, try the door handle. Of course it's open because, you know, people are drunk or stoned or whatever. And they just pop out this cassette and like run back to their car with it. And like, you know, suddenly you lost like, you know, fucking 64 cassettes. Yeah. Shit like that. I mean, and, and now logic. I, that yeah, was I still have, I still, still have probably like 10 cases like that just of cassettes before I switched and upgraded to CDs. I still have all that shit. And uh, it's, it's like mind blowing. There you go. There they are. <laughs> I wasn't kidding about the, the mine were mine were the basic brown ones, but similar, you know, same thing basically. And most there you of the, go. Just, these are all uh, the majority of these are my old band's recordings, our old band. Which some of those are very cool. Yeah, some of these. I mean, but there's, yeah, there's some demo tapes. How many uh, of you in the oh, chat had suitcases like that full of go. cassettes, or still may? One of my first interviews, Motorhead at the Channel in Boston. Nice. Um, that's the second time I interviewed Motorhead. Um, how about this one? This was June 3rd, 1994. Nice. Cool. Right before they right before they became a uh, a uh, an alternative band. So yeah, no, I've got I've got some funny shit in here. Um, yeah, I still have like ten. Paulie, how many cases do you have? Like, I still have about ten cases of cassettes. I only have one, only have one case of it. Um, um, but this has—I mean, just—I don't even know what the hell half of these things are. These are all scoped, you know, air checks of like my old college radio show. Um, and I don't know why I still have them, but I do. Um, but these are, and this is literally—it has no lock on it. You know, it's got the latches and it's all beat to shit. So when the latches no longer hold it closed, because you pick it up by the handle and the handle takes one side higher than the other, 
and it causes the <laughs> latches to come undone, and the fucking thing falls open, and all the, all the stuff comes out. Tapes flying down the stairs. You're walking down the staircase. Yeah, no, it was just, you know, but it's funny because it was like, I'm official. I'm I'm a businessman. Pay no attention yes, to the fact that everything in here is bullshit. <laughs> you know, you're walking around with your you're you're 16 years old and you're walking around with a briefcase like you're a fucking Fortune 500 executive. Literally, yeah, that that in a beeper, that in a beeper, you should be on Wall Street. <laughs> Look at that. There it is. Yeah, to convert them all to digital files, but there's like 80, 90 of them in there. Um and that take you got to do it in real time. That's the problem with converting all that shit to digital. The the That's worst why tapes is, suck. The yeah. worst is one, you know, when one of your friends would sit on the cassette case. So the the cassette case itself, the the, the plexi case would bl- would break, and then you'd be stuck with like a loose cassette. Uh oh, you have a voice. Yes. Hi, Johnny. It's Kurt with the C again. Hey, Kurt with the C. Hey, I, I need to talk to to Leander Paul. Okay. Okay. What's up? He says, what's up? What's up, Kurt? Kurt? A few minutes ago, talking about YNT. I completely agree with him. Who gives a shit what other people <laughs> listen to? Yeah. And and what what's popular, whatever you like, whatever is good. When he held up that stack of... 13 or 14 CDs, I have the same shit, some of them cassette. It's like, great. I, I, I just dig it that, that people know who YMT is. Whoops. Or I don't give a shit if it's a band that, that is, isn't even... Watch your language. We're a family YMT. show. Hi, Allie. If you like it, you like it. Who, who cares what people... You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, I don't care at all about any of it. I can remember. No, I can remember <laughs> in 19, I think it was like 92, I went to see Satriani and the opening band that this will, Paul probably, probably know this. There was a band opening for them, for him <laughs> called, it was like how Not drunk were you when you saw bad Satriani? For good, but something like that. It was a bad for good. That's good, of course. And those yeah. Yeah. Rocked. yeah, Tommy McLaughlin and Danny Cooksey. It was, and, it was bad rough. for good. Oh, it, yeah, bad bought, for good is yeah, little Stevie Vaughan. It was Vine. something like that. And that no, was bad and for I good. And I bought the, the cassette after I saw him, and they kicked ass. It, and I think the guitar player was 15 years old. And the lead singer was the former child actor. No, I think I think back it then it was like uh, bad for good. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Actually, yeah, McRockland, he's been on the show here a couple times with us. Dig back he's on the channel, the and you'll, okay. you'll see him. Sure, yeah. he's a okay. friend of the show. So was was that the name bad for bad, bad for, for good? good bad for good. Right, bad for good. Like that. Yeah, no, that was it. Bad for good. Bad for good. And like like Steve Vai was was McRockland's uh, like mentor. Ta- Thomas McLaughlin played little Steve Vai on the audience's listening video. I was in Seattle. I stood in line for a Satch concert, and I heard these people saying, who's this opening band? Mm -hmm. And they're they're saying, oh, it's it's, it's these kids. And I remember remember thinking, okay, you guys are in for a fucking awakening 
And we got in there, and these little fucking 15, 14, 17-year-old kids well, which were is fucking... It? <laughs> oh, there you go. Bad for good. They were fucking going for it. And I fucking... I'm looking around, and the people that are going ape shit, and I'm knowing that the that the guitar player was like 15, and yeah, I'm thinking, motherfucker... As long as you I'm don't, as long as you don't, I, I want to change lives with you. As long right as you're not now. hanging out with 13 year olds but, nowadays. But but what was weird was I knew that the whole crowd was thinking, I don't know who these guys are, but they are fucking killer. It's a fantastic but, record. Was produced by Steve. Vai. 35 minutes later, Satch came out and they forgot about him. But anyway, it was killer. No, they're no, great. They were produced yeah. by Steve Vai, Tommy McLaughlin, whose who's on-stage name was Thomas McRocklin, um, right. and Danny Cooksey yeah. from uh, Different Strokes. Yeah. And Rick Walkerman, who's now going to a bunch to. of other different bands. It was a fantastic I mean, record. It was well, only one record. I, you, know, cared. you know, I know, Paul knows, John knows, everybody. It's what you're I wish we had a better to, phone system. Whether don't you, it's yeah. from your older brother, which... That was me for a lot of my life. To a to an uncle, to a if he dad, starts crying right now, I'm gonna friend, to it's a not your chick. fault. It's it's all in what you're exposed to. It's not your fault because uh, and well and we you love guys you. All know, we love you. You've got to love yourself. The, you know, eighties. Mm-hmm. Don't there, blame there yourself. That would, we would all have childhood music. trauma that they don't know about, but they are not exposed to it. Abusive parents lead to psychological just, trauma. They really do. Uh, Absolutely. You know, don't blame yourself. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for calling. Yeah, no, it was great to talk to you. Don't jump. See you, bud. All right. All right. Bye-bye. So Thank yeah, no, this, this this was a good band. Um, By the way, Kurt will be opening for Symmetry at the Whiskey. <laughs> Kurt's a good dude, man. We're just Kurt is a good dude. Assholes. I'm just busting we're balls assholes right now. Um, <laughs> Welcome Danny to Cooksey. Tuesday night. Oh, Danny Cooksey, uh, who you remember might remember from Different Strokes and Terminator Two. He was the kid that was riding around on the dirt bike with John Connor in Terminator Two. Um, he was the lead vocalist for this band. Um, who put out a fantastic record. And a lot of people, the, the problem with this record was a lot of people thought Steve Vai actually played the guitar on the record, which couldn't be further from the truth. The guitars were played by Tommy McLaughlin. and oh, Absolutely. And he, and he was and still is a virtuoso musician um, who I think lives in Scotland now. Am I correct on that, Johnny? Did my, I think he's in Scotland or over in, in Europe somewhere. Um, and is he still does. He was doing, yeah, I think he was doing like uh, uh, clinics for a while and some other things. And he might have some some records, some recordings and stuff like that. But I think he was doing clinics and online lessons and stuff. Somebody will correct me on that. But um, this was this was pretty good. The only, the single off the record was a, an obscure Thin Lizzy, Thin Lizzy song called 19. Um, that they, that was their first. And if there was a video for it, and again, 1991. Too late. Had now that, that's with- nineteen, Paul. Not to be confused with the Vietnam song nineteen. By Paul Hardcastle, who would then go on to run a company called Nineteen Productions and a little television show called American Idol. Not to be confused with Hold On to Eighteen. Yes. 
right? And not to be confused with she's only 17. Or 18 in life. Not to be confused with Christine 16. No, not at all. And not to be confused with sexy and 17 by the Stray Cats. <laughs> oh, my God. Johnny, you want to chime one in? I mean, you must have a song in your head somewhere. <laughs> nothing. Got nothing. And Johnny's gone. He's out. Johnny tapped out. Nothing. Because uh, we're talking about 80s and early 90s metal that he has no knowledge of. But if I said Thomas McRocklin, he would know the name. He just has never heard yeah. the music. Yeah. No, Thomas, yeah. he's been on, he's been on the channel twice. He's been on know. the show. Where where is he but based out of now, Johnny? I think it's Scotland. Jay, are you still oh, Lindy, here? Lindy Lynch is back. Lindy, did you catch Kurt's phone call? That was a fun moment tonight. Hey, Lindy. Because it's all uh, downhill from there. But you've never heard this record, right, Johnny? No, I have. Oh, okay. I me- I remember when it came out. There's a great song called Slow and Beautiful on it. Um, like Lindy Lynch. England. Is he in England? He's in England somewhere. There you go. All right. And he plays Kiesel. Ugh, so, well, not a... No, <laughs> <perfect. laughs> uh, there's a song called Curious Intentions that's great on this. Devil and the Angel is great. Um, You're Making Me Nervous is a great jam. This is a really good record, but the criticism was that they didn't play on it. That's not true. They did. Um, but it was produced by Steve Vai, so it sounds like Steve Vai. And, and Thomas plays like Steve Vai. But he played like Steve Vai as a 15-year-old. He's a he's an absolute prodigy, or was at the time. Still is. Yeah, well, he's not a prodigy. He's just he's just he's now he's a virtuoso. Well, he 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 went back to the guitar because he was telling us uh there was actually a lot of years where he didn't even play. He actually got into video games and video gaming and stuff. Yeah, same thing with Paul DeBartolo. Part of Paul DeBartolo just did an art uh an interview. He's now Salvador Poe. And Paul DeBartolo was the guitar player for Spread Eagle. And when the band fell apart at the in the 90s, he just walked away from the industry for a long time. A lot of those guys have done that. You know, the guys in Kicks did it. Um, you know, when the, when the scene ended, they realized, okay, shit, I either have to redefine myself as somebody who wants to downtune and play depressing, boring music or just walk away so that, I, you know, I'm not banging my head against the wall. And they did. A lot of them walked away. Some of them that's redefined why, themselves. You know, that's why that's why I stopped playing guitar in the in the late eighties and early nineties, or I guess the early nineties. Basically, when Nirvana came out and ruined the music scene. Yeah, Just I, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Nirvana, but there were a lot of great bands that came out of that that era. I will use I will continue to advocate for Big Wreck because they're fantastic, fantastic fucking band. Hmm. 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 Yeah, I haven't he, heard. Bi- I haven't. I haven't heard Big Wreck. To be, to be honest, I haven't heard Big Wreck. Just to you, just to you be know, fair. two songs from Big Wreck from the nineties. Uh, one is called that song, and the other one is called the Oaf. Um, well, it's my they, theme song, I guess. They were. They are a great band. Ian Thornley is a stellar guitar player, uh, a great singer, and an even better songwriter. They've got like six albums out, and every one of them is worth a shit. They're a great band. One of the, again, a great example of <clears throat> a Canadian band with no image um, that couldn't get attention while Creed was on top of the charts. Hmm. Speaking of young bands like Bad for Good, I, I've said this before on the show. I want you guys to write this down, pay attention, watch for a band 
They're working on a new album called American Slang. Not They're to be confused of... with a band called American Bang that came out in the 90s. Not to be confused with delicious Bang <laughs> Energy Drink. Bang Energy Drink, the official brand that will someday probably be sponsoring a, co a concert tour by American Slang. What's that swill you're drinking, Johnny? What is that crap? Waterloo. Sounds like it sounds like what fucking Napoleon lost at. It's a bad house. Yeah, based based out of Oklahoma, watch for American slang. They're gonna be like Dirty Honey. They're gonna be one of those bands that'll catch you out of the gate that you won't be suspecting. They're also a bunch of young guys that are in the metal scene, and I, I've I've heard some previews of some of their stuff. I've been very privileged to do that, and I'm just telling you right now. When you get a chance, if you're in Oklahoma, you can see them, but give give it a chance. And when they come out with their first album, you'll say, wait, Mancuda, weren't you kind of talking about them before they came out? Yes, 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 yes. They were influenced by a lot of the 80s guys and by current bands like Dirty Honey. And um, what, what's the what's the. Um, the Led Zeppelin kind of band right now again. What the, I'm having a brain fart here, Paul. Greta help me. Van Halen. Greta Van Fleet. Greta Van Fleet. Yeah, another young band. But the, these guys are in that vein, and just sense the bigness. Sense the bigness. Not in my pants. Sense the bigness. Whoa. <laughs> so I'm giving, I'm giving you the 15 minute warning. I got to bail out soon. All right. Um, and you got a you got a guitar coming up soon anyway. So we do. Guitar, <clears throat> excuse me. Guitar. That today's hint was it was not a BC Rich, uh, but if you could read my mind, you would know the clue. So there mm -hmm. you go. It has nothing to do with Megaforce the movie. Thank God. Deeds not words, says Ace Hunter. Just and he Jeff. Jeff, you're in Oklahoma. You're Jeff, have you have you seen them? Have you seen American Slang in Oklahoma? Because they they play live over there, and they play a lot. They play a lot of covers. They play a lot of Van Halen covers. They play a lot of great '80s metal covers. They play Firehouse. They play a lot of cool stuff. Um, but they are doing their own original stuff, and and they're in the studio. And like I said, they're they they've got some attention early on. So I'm not going to tell you what it is. You'll just see it soon. <laughs> People in the chat are taking guesses. Is it is it an Ibanez? Is it a Kramer? Or is it what is it, man? I, you'll see it soon enough. You'll see it soon enough. It's coming up. It's coming. Hey, well. What's really funny is today, um, Mama Kuda wanted to pick today's show and tell guitar, and I, I I thought we would. I didn't I didn't have enough time to do it because she's like Mama Kuda you know, should present today's show and tell guitar. Yeah, that'll that'll do. I'll, I'll have her come out in a, in a thong, and uh, and and it'll. It worked out great yeah no so she she said today to me she's like did you pick out today's show and tell guitar yet i said well well not yet well maybe i would like to pick it out i'm like uh well i mean i've, I've got to go through a lot of stuff i mean you know well you know pull them out and i'm like thinking Wait, all right you know how about i how about i pull out three and let you choose and she's like ah no pull them all out i'm thinking what are you what are you high i'm, I'm gonna go in and dig like every guitar out and just line them up open up all the cases how about that one no that's too pointy no i don't like that color 
I hate that name. I hate that artist. No, I don't like that graphic. Is that a vagina? No, I don't like that. I mean, so I wound up picking up, but I think next week I'm going to let Mama Kuda pick next week's show and tell guitar. So just be warned. She wanted to pick it today. We've, uh, we, we've gotten even closer, uh, my mom and I, since uh, since it snowed. As you know, we got a blizzard on the East Coast uh, where, where I am right now. And, um, you know, we basically got, got like about two feet of snow where I'm at. And, uh, you know, wasn't going out. You know, stocked up the house full of food. And, of course, as the snow is barreling down, I'm thinking I stocked up the house with food. It's going to be great. And then, uh, oh, it's terrible out there, <sighs> but you know what? I, I, I'm, I, boy, would I love a pizza right now? I mean, a pizza sounds delicious and I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, I would want a pizza right now because obviously it's, it's snowing like the Dickens and the roads are all icy and it's sticking and it's already fairly deep, but I'll tell you something, not for nothing. I mean, if it wasn't, I would love a pizza because I haven't had one since, you know, things like your father's passing and, and my health battles and all the things that, you know, if I died tomorrow from, from, from frostbite, which is very possible in a blizzard, you'd be regretting that I never had a, another pizza in my life there she is right now uh that's that's her uh blow blowing out the snow paul and i can't even imagine this i wouldn't want i wouldn't want you going out i wouldn't want you going out in this blizzard of course but if you do can you bring garlic knots that looks like i mean god it's 61 i'm thinking about maybe turning a fan on in here look at that yeah that sucks I've been in Arizona. Yeah, no, for it's it's years. absolutely. <laughs> I love it. But you know what? I like the snow. I like. I mean, make no mistake. I hooked up the dog sled and got us a pizza. But um, yeah, I, I, listen, be careful. Don't let any cars hit you, and don't let falling icicles impale you. It's dangerous. But make sure you get garlic knots. Not that I want you out in this. Uh, the great Jay Hannon in the uh, in the chat asking of the bad Gizmachi. Uh, my. Uh, about my torn labia he what he doesn't know is my back has been well what you don't know is my back has been fucked up for about six days and i'm like having a hard time sitting in the chair and Uh, you hurt your mangina no i hurt my back oh um and i don't know how that's the fucked up part i have no idea how it it was one day i woke up and you just like it's it sucks because when i get down to like change the puppy pads for for lemmy i get up and it takes me about two minutes to be able to stand up straight because I walk like Ozzy for a couple minutes sort of hunched over until everything loosens up. <clears throat> so. Do you stretch? Yeah, I do the best I can. Yeah, I do a lot of the, the knee over to the shoulder stretches and shit like that and I get a yeah. pop in my lower back both ways. I do a lot, oh, a lot of stretching. Yeah, it sucks. I've had a lot yeah, of back nice. problems yeah. too. I get arthritis in my back from football because I'm an Holy idiot. fuck, what are, what are we talking guitars in 1930s big band music? I swear it's like we're at the we're at the old age home. What do you you, you got the walker there and you I'm, know. Sorry, I'm sorry, weren't you the guy that was just bitching about his fucking elderly mother being incapable of <laughs> Yeah, but I didn't think I didn't think my on-screen I didn't think my on-air partners were that old. Holy shit. Wait 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 a second. Hold on. Wait a minute. I'm not that old. I'm not that old. I'm I'm damaged. <laughs> There's a difference. Where's it going? 
no. Hold on, we're talking, <laughs> talking uh, uh, big band music, and I'm making my way over. Is that the screen? Hold on, I, I can't see this dagnabbit penis-looking thing in the way. What's Hold really on. You're ragging on what year is that? Metal, heavy metal. Back in my day, my back was hurting, and we had we we played a hoedown with a jug band, and 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 we we were playing with with uh, with Homagillicotti oh, and his jug band. I was on the washboard, and back then that was a legitimate instrument, and he'd be blowing on the jug band. Ooh, <laughs> and I'd be scraping on the board, and it would rip, 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 and there was a guy had pluck a twanger, which was a broomstick with a wire. It was boring, boring, boring. Yes, sir. And that's when I was having a, no a hard time getting around back in the day. And he was just a young rhino back in the 30s when we were doing, doing Latin. You talk blizzard. We had a blizzard back in in, in 38, 1938. That's, that's when we were doing and oh boy, I'll answer you. I am, I am uh, a better broadcaster <laughs> than Eddie Trunk. Wait, is that the guitar oh, back there? Worth far more than Eddie Trunk <laughs> is worth. Um, he doesn't get paid as much as you think he does. Uh, Sirius XM radio does not pay very well. I know for a fact because I've turned down work there. <laughs> oh my god, um, but Eddie is, Eddie is a passionate music fan, he's also a friend of mine. Um, so I'm not, you're not going to get me to badmouth Eddie Trunk. Um, uh, Eddie and I have had hour-long conversations that have been more fruitful than the last five minutes of Mancuda's impression of whatever elderly person he was trying to make fun of. Um, <laughs> but Eddie, is, Eddie has done a great job of marketing himself. He happens to be in New York where, um, where the serious station, you know, the, the studios are. Uh, and he has always done a great job. He was a good record guy. He worked for Megaforce Records, by the way. Uh, Johnny Zazzala was one of his one of his for early employers. So, um, and anybody that does this for a living, that is an advocate for this music, I would rather listen to Eddie Trunk uh, than most of the people on on Hair Nation or Ozzy's Boneyard. I think they're all fucking awful. I haven't really listened to. I mean, I, I have, but I've never like paid attention to like the DJ talent they have on there. No, Eddie is the the thing is Eddie is. A I mean, I know player. Eddie Trunk. I know, and and Johnny and I have met him, and you've met yeah. him and talked. Yeah, he's a but I mean, guy. I, I like Eddie. I like yeah. Eddie. I like Eddie a lot. And listen, Eddie Car Eddie, it, we wouldn't be here without Eddie Trunk. I don't think he's. An, I mean, he's definitely an ally. He's he's one of us. Google Gobble, yeah. one of us. Um. You know, Eddie is, but I can see where he annoys. He does a legitimate people. show of the level that we try to do. Eddie is a good dude, um, and he genuinely knows and loves this music. Um, he may be whiny a little bit sometimes about certain things, but that's sometimes. <laughs> when, when I was a kid, I wanted to grow up to be Eddie Van Halen. Now I want to grow up to be Eddie Trunk. There you go. There. And, and, and meanwhile, right right now, Eddie Trunk is watching the show, and he's like. I wonder if Johnny's going to be on Twitch tonight. Damn, I wish I could live up to that. Symmetry, fun fact, Jose Mangan was my intern in the 90s in, in uh, Memphis. Jose started out as an intern in Memphis, Tennessee. 
Um, he's actually from Arizona. He's a good dude. Jose loves this music and has been doing this for a long time. Um, but I remember when he was my intern, he likes to remind me of that every time we see each other. Hey, man, I can't believe you're still doing this. By the way, speaking of I can't believe, uh, leave a thumbs up on the video if you haven't already. And uh, speaking of Eddie Trunk and love, I'll bet Eddie Trunk. You know what I'll bet Eddie loves? Bang energy drink? No. Johnny, what do you think Johnny loves? That's right. Eddie Trunk loves delicious Colonel's Gourmet Popcorn and more. Colonel's Gourmet Popcorn, proud sponsor of Talking Tarzanese Metal, or at least ignorant one. Absolutely a freak's reference. Or, or at least, or at least ignorant. I don't know if they 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 realize what they're sponsoring. But anyway, uh, ta- uh, Colonel's delicious gourmet popcorn and more. Colonel's the best, tastiest. You need some for your damn Super Bowl party. If you are having a Super Bowl party, where is your Colonel's gourmet popcorn? Your you friend's gonna say, walk in. Super Bowl. Can't say Super Bowl. We'll get it shut down. Seriously, they'll pull All us right. off YouTube. Say Supper Bowl. Yeah. Okay. Super Bowl. If, if you're having any particular big end football parties this weekend, I'm sorry, not this weekend, but coming up in the next two weeks. If you like uh, tennis. Yes. If, you, you if, if you're Super Bowl. If you're watching the puppy bowl or, or the or the bachelor bowl or the next big game, thank you, Jay Hannon then you want, you need some delicious kernels, gourmet popcorn, and more. Because what are your guests going to eat? They're going to have you know, the nachos and the chicken wings. Of course, they'll have Doritos and M&Ms. They'll have beer plenty. But they're going to be like, you know what? We got to get something else. There, there needs to be something else crunchy, something else delicious. If Wait a second. Where is the Colonel's Gourmet Popcorn? You need Colonel's Gourmet Popcorn and more because they have candy, chocolate, diabetic chocolate, sugar-free stuff, licorice, you name it. Get some red licorice in the name of Betty White. They have all that stuff, but you need some Colonel's Gourmet Popcorn to watch the big game. Whatever big game is showing up, you need some Colonel's Gourmet Popcorn and more, just like Eddie Trunk will probably have. Maybe. He might. And if you mention Johnny Bean or Jay Hannon, you will get more product. Did you know that, Johnny? I I do know that. I, I have gotten it. It's delicious. You, you, did did they give you more product? Did you mention your or Jay's name? Yeah, I told them I knew myself, and they said that's good enough. Yeah, that's it. You you mentioned Johnny Bean or Jay Hannon, they give you more product, bigger portions of deliciousness. And if you mention my name, you mentioned John Mancuda sent you, they will break your car windshield. <laughs> so don't mention my name. Go with the package of Johnny Bean or Jay Hannon. But you could say you saw it on Talking Guitars and 80s Metal. That's nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they will hook uh, you up. They will hook uh, you up. They'll send like you so to, much. I'd like to order some some, uh, some popcorn. Uh, I know John Mancuda. Oh, oh! <laughs> Don't you ever, ever call back again? Which car is yours? I, I, I promise I'll leave. Please, no. Not the face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the face. That's Not what the they. Face. That's what I said to your father on our honeymoon. Not the face. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And don't mention David Crosby's name because you will not get any popcorn. They will throw you right out and beat you with pipes. So absolutely <laughs> mention Johnny Bean or Jay Hannon and you will get more product. Colonel's delicious gourmet popcorn. Yeah. Those J- James Baker, those chocolate cashews are insanely good. 
I remember watching Dane eat some of those, and uh, and he he was he was like it was an orgasm, like he was putting clits in his mouth. He was he was so happy with that. <laughs> delicious, delicious Colonel's gourmet popcorn and more. Oh my gosh! There you go. Thank you, Colonel's. You with us, Paulie? Thank you. I'm with you. I'm I'm answering a uh, a text from somebody. Oh, okay. About cool, cool, cool. Uh, somebody uh, uh, metal in L.A. Um, says that I, I have to think about Eddie Trunk and how he destroyed my career. I'm trying to figure out how Eddie Trunk destroyed my career. I think that's interesting. I always I always Trump mess went. up his name. I, I always say Metalini A. I don't know what the fuck his name is, and I don't care. <laughs> I'm just trying to be courteous. And, All right, let, let's ask you. Metal, is, is it Metalini A or Metal in L.A.? I just I, I want to know which it is. Brought it up. I want to know what you're talking about. I, I mean, well, how, well first Eddie, I want to make sure I get his name because it took me a while to get Leo's I'd name. I'd like right. to know how Eddie Trunk destroyed my career. Eddie Trunk, Eddie Trunk, and I are friends. I don't, I don't know how he, Eddie, Eddie, and I have no malice toward each other. There's no beef. We're There's actually no beef with you and Eddie yeah, Trunk. No, Eddie, Eddie and I are, Eddie and I are fine. You always speak very, very nicely of Eddie. I actually was, I considered putting um, Eddie's show on my radio station when I was programming KDKB here in Phoenix. Um, it just was a matter of when you, when you bring a syndicated show in, there's a certain amount of cost that comes with that, a barter cost. And I couldn't get my general manager to agree with it. They agree with the barter cost. And we had, we were already running house of hair and Eddie wanted me to dump D Snyder show for his, uh, and that wasn't going to happen. So, this, and, and, no, but, by the way, it wasn't, it wasn't this, like he was cock blocking D Snyder. It was, Hey, you've been running D's show for a long time. Why don't you try something different? And we had conversations about it. There's a great video of of Eddie and me and our uh, our morning guy at the time at the Big Four in Indio from like 12 years ago, where we're all just shooting the shit on on. It's on YouTube if you Google it. Eddie Trump at the Eddie Trunk KDKB at the Big Four. It's there. Now look, Eddie, Eddie Trunk is one of us. He's yeah. he's he's a metal lover. He's a metalhead. He knows everyone. I, you know. He's, he's one of us. There's, there's no animosity toward Eddie. We met him. He's a good guy. Paulie's worked with him. You yeah, know. I just I just thought it was an interesting, an interesting uh, reference. I, I don't know what it was. And I guarantee Eddie is eating Colonel's gourmet popcorn right now. I'm I'm sure he is. I'm just saying. I'm sure somebody probably is. I wish I was. Mama Kuda would love some cheesy popcorn. That's my favorite. You know. I like that cheesy Colonel's gourmet popcorn I to would, go with uh, my my son's cheesy act. If I didn't have a great job here in Phoenix, I would absolutely love to be on on Sirius XM nationwide. Um, it doesn't pay very well. That's a true story. It just doesn't pay very well. A lot of it is very pre-recorded. Um, it's not live, and they they don't uh, they don't have the kind of creative freedom that I have in the morning here in Phoenix. So I'm. I, I would rather be doing what I'm doing now. But if I didn't have a job and I was looking for something, I would love to be on Hair Nation or or the Boneyard, or even Octane. You know, any of those, any of those. <laughs> Boneyard, <laughs> Bone. They're all good, <laughs> Eddie. Um, they're all they're all. You know, the the, the problem. My is that Eddie calling up right now? Is Eddie on the phone? Eddie, Eddie, <laughs> that's him. Uh, yeah, I got beef with Neanderthal. Uh. <laughs> My uh, my own, 
issue with uh, with satellite radio um, is that it doesn't deliver on the promise that it makes, which is it should be like this. It should be worldwide, interactive. Um, it you, you should take calls live from people. You should, um, you know, play music that people want to hear instead of pre-recorded playlists. You should do all the Who's things that, idiot? that make radio great. But they don't do that anymore. They just don't. Um, and that's I, I wish we could take I wish we could take live calls from people. <laughs> <laughs> so. That was the, that was the time at Nam when I told him to say hi to Johnny Bean, <laughs> and he did. He's like Johnny, oh. we're sorry we can't see you, and I was like right there. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny's not a tall man for those that haven't met him in person. So I'm sitting down right now. <laughs> Yeah, I, nice. I, will, I will take metal in LA's uh, advice and let it go because I'm going to sign off anyway. I got to go. Drew SGS 60 tonight's hint for tonight's guitar was it was not a BC rich. And if you knew if you knew the clue, you'd have to read my mind. Speaking of Swiss picks, the greatest gripping guitar pick ever. These are wonderful. Proud sponsor of the show. Swiss picks with raised holes. For better grip, there you are. Oh, Neanderthal's gone. I thought you would at least wait for the guitar. The great Neanderthal, everybody. <laughs> Dane left. Paul left. And the audience, the audience somehow still sticks around. What are they? What are you? What are you guys waiting for? Like something fun or funny? Or now we'll talk about more stuff in a little bit. I got some stuff to talk about. But uh, first, Swiss picks the greatest gripping guitar pick ever with raised holes. They have so many versions. Get the Jason Becker Blue Cheese Edition. Do something for our buddy Jason, and uh, we appreciate that. And check out Swiss picks once you try these. Because Johnny, you know I give these out. Like I see them at Nam. I see some at a Guitar Center. I always have some on me. I give them out to friends and fans and, and just people I see playing. And I'm like, hey, you know, try this. And they're like, oh. And once you get used to these, these these are these are really awesome. These are awesome. So. They are. They're, Swiss they're great. Picks. They're great. Yeah. yeah, we all love Swiss picks. So check them out. Go to Swiss Piss. Uh, Swiss, Swiss Piss. piss. Swiss piss? Is that like the Swiss Miss girl pisses on your face? She pisses hot chocolate in your mouth and during a cold, cold winter day? Oh, that's that's my mom right now. John, that's disgusting. That's Paul calling it. Hello, you're on the air. Hi, hi John. It's Kurt with a C again. Hey, Kurt with a C. Hey, ask John, he was just talking about the Swiss picks. What's the best place to get them to where any money would go to Jason Becker? I, I believe Jason gets some of the money from the Blue Cheese Edition. Um, uh, some of the, I the can, Blue Cheese Edition Swiss pick, if I'm not I can, mistaken. I can right, probably John? tell you. It's I don't know this okay. for a fact. I guess we could look it up, but possibly okay. you can go to jason becker's website and mm-hmm. if they have them listed yeah. on his site then i'm sure i'm sure that's a way to do it yeah and i i'm sure there's okay. other things that they sell on jason's website i know i know the album I know, I know and friedman back a oh, hundred years ago and it's like that poor dude anyway mm-hmm. yeah if i no. can send 20 cents his way i'll fucking do it 
Absolutely. Go to his website. Look, Jason's good people. I'll do it. Go to Jason's good. Jason's good people, and uh, I I know Colin. I didn't know Swiss Picks was associated with him in any way, but it's like, oh my God, I'll do it. Plus, plus, they look like good picks. They are great picks. They're awesome. They are great picks. I always recommend the blue cheese ones because they are they are about Jason's. I didn't use them until a few years ago, and it's like, wait a minute. Not those, but ones with grip on them. It's like, okay, why? Why did I? Where, where were these all my life? And so I didn't have to lick my freaking fingers. But those look great. And so anyway, yeah. Yes. Try try They're one, awesome. man. They're awesome. Try man. one. Okay. So, so cool. you think if I go to jasonbecker.com, I can get someone that might send a few bucks his way? Yeah, possibly. I, Go, go say, to go I'd to his website. Actually, Colleen, hold on, Johnny. Colleen Gray, are you in the audience right now? Colleen, because Colleen, Colleen has done a lot of charity work for Jason. Colleen, are you uh, Kurt with a C? Are you on Facebook? Yeah. Okay. Go. No, to, go. To, I'm. I'm. I'm flip phone drinking a Michelob Ultra in my recliner. That's what you're drinking. I, I didn't know. But I can get on. I can. I, I can. I can find a website. You can you can actually go. I can tell you exactly where you can go. Okay. To get a hold of Jason, because we love if, Jason. If you're Jason's on, I know Jason. I know Jason. I know his family. Oh, do you really? Do you oh, Colleen Gray. Yeah. Colleen Gray yeah. works with Jason. God damn. Yeah, it's I've just, got. I go to his birthday parties. The videos out. The, the videos I've watched is like literally crying. I, I just anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a, a lot hey, of guitarists have donated guitars and 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 pro, and things for Jason to chat. sell uh, recently. I know I know um, uh, what's his name Lee from Dragon Force has, Herman has done Herman Lee yeah. uh, has done has done a lot of uh, charity work for Jason in gathering guitars and other things um, to raise money for Jason. And there you go. So if you want if you want to help Jason, right there down below look at that that goes directly that, to them go to yeah. facebook.com slash team becker family and that's you can actually you can directly message what, them what? and ask them it's did in you say what becker did you say team becker? team becker yeah it's on the screen look look at your screen okay team becker facebook. family okay. facebook.com team becker family and and, and some of that Swiss pick money will go to him. I, I think they sell some, they should sell some on his site. I know he got a deal they, with, they in, might, with them yeah. for an endorsement. Yeah. Okay. So the, the blue cheese yeah, ones, that, that Jesus, that Jesus Christ. the okay. blue cheese ones. I wish, I wish more of the guitar world would just lean that way, but whatever. A I bunch mean, of them have a bunch of them have to their credit, a bunch of guys, you know, Steve I and a bunch of others have, you know, signed things and given away things, including mm-hmm. guitars to sell. Okay. Um, well, thanks, Johnny. I know. I'll do that. You're welcome. Cool. Kurt, Kurt with a C. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Rock All on, right. Kurt. Kurt, right. with, Kurt with a C. Kurt with a okay. C. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Yes. 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 He's, he was just jerking off, Johnny. Don't, don't, don't. don't. <laughs> yes. 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 Kurt with a C. Ah, ah. <laughs> Yeah, C for champagne, C for Corona, C for for Captain and Coke. (laughs) He's doing a little drinking tonight.
No, we love you, Kirk. We, we he's love gonna you. He's to call man. back. Hey, God, dude. <laughs> no, we lo- hey, we love the guy. I mean, he's he's you know, he's a friend of the show, of course. But look, to answer questions, and I see a few in the chat. Um, a lot of guys have, especially with Herman Lee of, of Dragon Force recently, uh, donated stuff to the Becker family to sell and to auction and stuff. So there has been a lot of money. I know Colleen was saying that I believe they raised like something like six hundred thousand uh, dollars in his name. And I mean, they really, really did a great job of raising stuff. But you can always go to that Facebook page right there and uh and see what else you could do there's no wrong time to do something else for jason becker you know Mm -hmm. so jason's a friend of the show and uh let's see you know like i said shout out to colleen gray who does a lot of work with jason yes and actually you can actually go to ebay you can go to to let's see the, the spelling Team Becker's eBay shop. Beck Team, as in B E C K T E A A M, is their official eBay. And there's all kinds of Jason Becker stuff listed, and it's directly from the, the family. And that's that's what you want. You like stuff like that. It's all kinds of stuff. So yeah, a lot a lot of people are stepping up. I just want that acknowledged because someone in the chat said, Oh, you know, all the rockers should step up. A lot of them have been. Oh, yeah, a lot yeah. of them have been, and it's good to see. You know, so a lot of them have been um, stepping up to help Jason. And like I said, I know he has the the Swiss picks endorsement, the blue cheese. I, I know he, uh, you know, has some deal with that. And yeah. um, and and I'm I'm looking at it right here. The the official Jason Becker eBay actually has a bunch of Swiss picks in their store. I see them. There you go. I see them right here. Now, those are the blue cheese Swiss picks. I don't have one on me. I have a green one. But Johnny, can you show an image of that just so people know? Yeah, because Swiss picks, you know, I, I always I always say they're they're good people and they are. And, um, you know, they they definitely uh, stand by Jason. Another reason you should pick up some Swiss picks. But specifically those blue cheese edition. That Jason Becker blue cheese. That Johnny's going to bring up momentarily. There we go. There we go. Let's see what we got. There we go. The Jason Becker blue cheese specifically. There's our boy. And that's Jay. Is that on Jason's store, Johnny, or is that just uh, on Swiss picks? This, this, this is on Swiss picks. This is on okay. Swiss picks right here. Okay. But you can go. You can go directly to his. Um, what does it say in the description, Johnny? It's not showing it. Re- read the description real quick, because um, I can't read it on my screen. It says a legend and inspiration and a brilliant musician that it has that has influenced so many of us and continues to do so. In the rare occasion of a signature pick, there has there has to be something unique that separates it from the pack. The Becker Blue Cheese is is comprised comprised um compile <laughs> wow johnny you're a great vo you're a great vo i've got a cat rubbing against my leg here i've had pussy on my face and been able to read the <laughs> iliad okay 
comprised, right? That's the word. Of uh, I don't I know. Can't I can't see. The, I can't see the tat. I can't see it. It's too small uh, on my screen. I'm. Uh. Oh boy! <laughs> Hold on. Let me let me let me see if I could get it. There we go. Let me see if I could get it bigger. Hold on. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's com- uh, well. Thanks, Johnny. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that big. Just just scroll. There we there, go. It's, it's uh, there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, where are we here? Uh, the, the, the I just can't read a- that one word. Acetyl, why, why give it a made-up goofy name, which is a full-sounding, well-rounded tone most associated with tortoise. We've beefed it up a bit, and its rougher texture gives a better hold. In choosing the color, it had to exude a positiveness and hope for Jason and his family, who have endured more hardship than anyone should ever have to go through. It is an honor to not only release this in Jason's name, but to also help the Becker family with future sales of his pick, which will cover the entire Swiss picks line to learn more about Jason, his music and his struggle with ALS. Please visit www.jasonbecker.com and the Jason Becker documentary, not dead yet. There you go. So go to www.jasonbecker.com and, uh, and pick up some Swiss picks from him. Pick up his signature Swiss pick. There you go. That's how to read copy. Yes. And if you watch Not Dead, Not Dead Yet, you'll see me in the movie. There you go. Because Johnny's still with us. Yes. There he is. Alice Martinez. Thank you, Alice. Mancuda diapers? Mancuda diapers when you want an adult diaper, but you don't really need the absorbency. It's just for kinky things. Mancuda diapers. Gross. For just your own kinky scat play use. Mancuda diapers. There you go. <laughs> anyway, Halface, I'll do it again. Listen, when, when I do voiceovers, because I, I have done a bunch of them, uh, when I do voiceovers, you do it like, you know, you could do it in one take. You could do it in 30 takes. It all depends. Uh, it all depends how they want it. Yes. Uh, Bozik brings up an interesting point. Jason Becker possibly, and I think, I think I might've also heard this is the longest surviving celebrity living with ALS. That's very possible. And you know why? Because I, I think one of the reasons is positivity. He's got an incredible incredible mindset of inspiring other people and living for other people and still writing music. And, you know, I mean, just, he's a true inspiration. It reminds me a lot of when Christopher Reeve uh, was alive, how he was an inspiration just as much as he was Mm -hmm. Superman. And that, that's what, how I look at Jason Becker uh, today. He's, he's an inspiration for a lot of reasons and um, I think a lot of the positivity from you, the fans, is a lot of the reason that his family, uh, the support of, of, again, people like Colleen Gray and, and, uh, and Herman Lee and all those that have, that have helped um, and Pete Panchowski of Swiss Picks and all those who have helped out, um, you know, do things for Jason like that. So, guys, keep it up and support Jason. Go to, the, go to those, those pages we just read off support Jason and, and buy some of Jason's Swiss picks and anything else he has for sale. There's no wrong 
thing to support Jason on. There you go. So otherwise, it is, Johnny, it is time for show and tell guitar. Let's uh let's break out some of our other sponsors, not related to Jason, but I'm sure they love him. Like da, 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 Mancuda diapers, nut huggers for oh. <laughs> Johnny's gonna spit out his man. <laughs> Mancuda diapers with room for your junk. Piss sensitive, delicious Mancuda diapers. Oh, uh, Tessie Switch, sure. Instead of Mancuda diapers, let's look at Tessie Switch, the greatest kill switches out there. Tessie Switch, when you want to kill switch for your guitar, you go to Tessie Switch because they are the greatest kill switches out there. They're the most durable. They're the ones the pros use, and they're just really really good quality stuff that's the one you want and they have all sorts of versions of uh kill switches they have the small buttons they have the big video game buttons they have light up ones customizable ones go to tessie switch and get your kill switch on and vinum custom pickups maker of the mancuda custom vinum custom pickups check that out vinum pickups they will custom make pickups for you hand wound super high quality boutique pickups vinum custom pickups find your tone at vinum custom pickups call craig vinum tell him you saw us on talking guitars and 80s metal he only makes a year these are exclusive boutique pickups that don't cost an arm and a leg and give you the quality better than anything you've played in the world. They take whatever you want. You want the sound of uh, a Duncan JB, but you want it a little less money. Tell Craig Vinham, he'll make it for you. And they look great. They come in all sorts of color, bobbins, custom jobs. You tell them tonight and uh, tell them call. the talking guitars and 80s metal that Mancuda sent you. Call and them. They will, they will take good care of you. Call them. Call them. What are you waiting for? Email them. Call them. Vinum Custom Pickups. That's what you want. And Johnny, if you're going to hot rod your guitar, where do you go for things like noiseless springs and titanium saddles, titanium bridge, custom tuners, custom nuts? Boy, I'm not talking custom nuts like on my mom's honeymoon. I'm talking custom nuts for your guitar. Where do you go to get all those hot rod high-end parts Oh, that's what I thought. Fu-tone.com. Why would you not go to Fu-tone? Fu-tone.com. The ultimate in tuning and performance for your guitar. Upgrade your guitar. Hot rod your guitar. Go to Fu-tone.com. Tell him you saw us on Talking Guitars in 80s Metal Live, and he will not punch you in the face when you place your order. They have <laughs> oh, everything you want. Oh, my God. They have everything you want, everything to make your guitar great. They even have full, ready-to-go, out-of-the-box, hot rod custom guitars, fu-tone.com. Check them out. Mention us, right? Mention us, and uh, they they will take good care of you. So go go to fu-tone.com and hot rod your tone. Right, Johnny? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you know, do it today about. or tomorrow. Yeah, there's no wrong time. And of course, leave a thumbs up on the video, hit the like button, leave comments, yada, yada, yada. Send us questions because we love our audience. And right now, it is time, Johnny, for Show and Tell Guitar of the Week. Today's Show and Tell Guitar of the Week, I told you, 
uh, was the clue. It's not a BC Rich. In fact, if you knew the clue, you'd have to read my mind. So if you had to read my mind, Johnny, what would you have? Oh, thank you, Craig. I will mention that. What is that? I forgot about that. Oh, really? Actually, really, really quickly. Let's mention this before uh, mm-hmm. before we do that tonight at, at the. Well, we did. We talked about it earlier at the whiskey at the whiskey go tonight is um, is the big tribute to Edward Van Halen and our friend Caleb Rappaport from Nerd Halen is uh, nice is, is playing there. And what time? What time does uh, does Caleb go on? I think they start in ten minutes. Nice, because we're we're gonna finish up pretty soon. <laughs> There's a link so listen, too. What you want to do, you want to go. Do they are they televising it? It's going to be on the internet. I'll find the link because we talked about find, it on Saturday. Find you don't want to miss Caleb of Nerd Halen because that is today's version of Eddie. That's as close as you can get to playing of Eddie's because Caleb has this down. If you haven't seen a Nerd Halen show, you want to. And if you haven't seen Caleb play Van Halen, I don't know how you haven't. You can watch it on you know, YouTube, and that's great. But you want to catch a Nerd Halen show like on the Monsters of Rock cruise coming up? Oh, boy, are you in for a treat. But tonight, if Caleb is playing over at, uh, at the Whiskey. Whiskey and you're in L.A. and you have a chance to get in there for the Van Halen tribute, oh, absolutely do it. Absolutely do it. And tell me you know Mancuda at the door. And they will absolutely not let you in. So do not, do not say, no, they, they love me over there. <laughs> go, go see Caleb tonight if you can at the Whiskey. Seriously. I found it. Here's, Let's here's, see. Door, here's, doors open at 8, first band at 9. Caleb will be on around 10.30. There you go. 10.30 there. to 11, something like that. Thank you, Keith. There's where you want to go to watch yeah. uh, tonight. There you go. Sharon Wild Dollar says Nerd Halen. Nerd Halen. Right there. That's that's where you want to go. You want to go to that site. Thank you, Sharon. Cool. Okay, Johnny. Are we ready? Today's show and tell guitar. Ladies and gentlemen. Look at that thing. Got it. Cool. Okay. This is an ESP Custom Shop Horizon. Now, look at this thing. Now, of course, my lighting is fucked, so forgive me on this, but it's got that fat penis ESP Custom Shop headstock. A beautiful, beautiful ebony board. And look at this beautiful quilted maple top. Green quilted maple with beautiful Duncan zebras in there. (coughs) (coughs) Sorry, just choking on a pube. (laughs) One of those Colonel's Gourmet Popcorn Chocolate Covered Clits, probably. This is a string through body. And this is a neck through. Look at that. 
pretty trans green on the back, two-tone, going down the neck. Look at that bad boy. The headstock is not circumcised. Oh, wait. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a Jewish guitar. Sure. Why not? There you go. No aardvark headstocks for me. Oh, John, it's terrible. I don't know why you do these things. Yeah, but this this plays like a dream. ESP, I've said this on the show before, ESP is one of the few current custom shops that you can still count on to get a really, really, really well-made guitar. Certain custom shops do it. ESP is one of them. Uh, I've said this the same thing about Jackson Charvel because they still have all the old workers there and they're they're really doing stuff great. But ESP is the other one I really like um, for the current custom shop stuff. They really, really do a lot. It's not a famous player guitar. Oh, you know who is famous that owns this? John Mancuda. That's right. He owns this guitar. That's your famous player. He's a sucky player. Uh, very fast neck. It's a, it's a nice thin D shape. Look at that. Pretty thin, right? You see that binding, which I love over ebony. Is this Kurt with a C? Gives it a nice this contrast. Is Kurt with a C. <laughs> Are you hey, watching? Hey, Johnny. I'm watching. Hey, ask Mancuda. He just mentioned Charvel. Ask him if he has ever owned a Charvette, which was basically the what Squire is to Fender, Charvette was to Charvel. I owned one in like 1992. One of the best guitars I've ever owned. Has he ever had one? And they they are so rare. But I loved it. I wore it. I used it till I had to throw it away because it was wore out. Okay, so the Charvette, not to be confused with the model series Charvels, which were the uh, the import Charvels that they did after Charvel left San Dimas in '86, and Jackson basically went on to Ontario in 1987. But the Charvel line of Jackson Charvel went all to overseas. They all went into imports. And they did the model series, and they came out with various models. And those are cool players. Some of those are very good. The Charvette was, like he said, basically the squire of Charvels. They didn't make it long. I have never had one because I'm not really into the um, the import versions of the American guitars. I like the USA ones. I like certain Japanese guitars like ESP and Ibanez. Um, and I like certain boutique brands like you know, Rand and Roscoe. And, um, but as far as the Charvette, I have never owned one, but I, I've, I've never played one either. You know, I know some of the model series can be hit or miss. Some of the model series can be junk or some can be really, really good players. Um, I'm not sure about the Charvette. The Charvette was basically an entry-level version of the Charvel. You know, when they went in their import mode, their uh, their toothpaste logo phase, if that if that helps anyone identify what I'm talking about in the late 80s and, and 90s when they were just doing the uh, the imports. But the uh, the Charvette, I have never played one. I've never I've, I've heard of them. I know what it is. 
I've never owned one or played one. So I can't give an honest opinion on it because I always say, don't always just go by the reputation. Try one yourself because what you may bond with, other people might not bond with, you know? So you always want to just give it a fair shake. Like, you you know, like your dick over the toilet. You want to give it a fair shake, a good one, you know? Um, but that that's it. I've, I've never played one. No, sorry, brother. Love you though, Kurt. The Hated Charvette by Charvel Guitar. <laughs> I guess a lot of people uh, gave it a fair shake and hated them, but <laughs> from the title. But uh, let's see. So they were uh, made in 89 and discontinued in 91. Like I said, not made long. But there you go. There, there's, there's an image of one. Does it say where they were made? I think they were, uh, they were like China or something like that. Korea. Okay, there you go. Actually, let's see. Korea. What? Why are those? Are those your nuts, Johnny? Gross! It's an ad. <laughs> <laughs> Not why from you, kernels. Why are you at something that looks like <laughs> a tumor pulled out of my anus. Oh, gross! Wow. Yeah, go go a little to the right, Johnny, so we could get that uh, that guitar there. There you go. There's the Charvette. Are they comparing it to a handful of elephant shit or something? There you go. Gearhead Workshop says Charvette was the Yugo of Charvel Jackson. Jesus rapes me. Asks, have I ever had a Corvette? Yeah, I have. Okay, back to the guitar. You ever tried one of these? Have you, have you ever had uh, the the remnants of cashews out of an elephant's anus? <laughs> okay, so back to the ESP. Beautiful uh, string through design, zebras, and real easy controls. Basically, tone knob in a three way, the tone volume in a three way, rather. I'm not a big fan of zebras uh, as pickups, but I really do like the way they look on this one. Kind of makes it pop on that beautiful, beautiful green top. Um, got this years ago from Guitar Center's Used Center. And again, this is another one of those impulse buys that you walk into Guitar Center and you're like, let's see if they have anything interesting used. And oh my gosh, look at that. Why'd someone get rid of that? It played so nice. So I, I really like that. And the ebony board, ESP uses a great grade of ebony, which you really can't get good ebony nowadays. But um, some of the brands, like I said, Charvel can get some, and ESP can get some. Some really dark, beautiful, glossy ebony back then. And I like also that the uh, the headstock they also did in the quilt and maple as well. Not crazy about that ESP logo or this particular headstock, to be honest, but something about it grew on me with this particular guitar, I guess, because I like the uh, the individual guitar itself. It really grew on me once I played it. So not my favorite style of headstock, admittedly. Right up my coach. Uh, 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 right there. But there you go. Neck through, really nice thin body. Very, very cool. Not much weight to it, which I really like also. But very smooth. Look at the neck, the, the heel carve over there. Not a big bump at all. Really nice, smooth transition over here. And the wood, wood's great. Tone's real nice. 
Plays very fast and smooth. I like that. I think the pickups are Shaler. Let's see. Going by memory here. I believe they're Shaler pickups. Can't fucking see in this light. I believe these are Shalers, though. Uh, but really nice. So there you go. ESP Horizon Custom Shop in beautiful green maple quilt. That is this week's Show and Tell Guitar of the Week. And next week, we're going to let Mama Kuda pick one out. And we'll see what she comes up with. Let's see what Mama Kuda likes next week. There you go. Let's see. What other fun things did I want to bring up? We only got a couple minutes left. Um, let's see. Want to bring up, let, let's uh, give a shout out and uh, deepest condolences to uh, Howard. Let's see. How do you pronounce his last name? Hesseman? Hesseman? How- Howard Hesseman? Howard Is Hesseman. it Hesseman? Hesseman. Oh, it Hes- Hesseman. Hesseman. It's, I, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm butchering his name. John Biel. He- Is it Hesseman or Hesseman? Either way, Dr. Johnny Fever on WKRP in Cincinnati. You all know who who he is. Um, You know, he did a lot of other acting stuff, uh, but good guy, great actor. Definitely in in both versions of WKRP in Cincinnati and other stuff. Um, Really, really great actor and uh, dead at 81. Sad because, you know, all all our little, all our favorite childhood actors. Uh, Let's also talk about Iron Maiden's Bruce Dickinson, who says... He's not going to fly the Iron Maiden plane, Ed Force One, on their next tour. He'll be in it. He'll be in the back, resting up with the rest of the guys after touring, but he won't be the pilot. In previous tours, he has flown uh, Ed Force One, named after Eddie, of course, the Iron Maiden mascot. He has flown that plane himself. He's a pilot. He's a registered, legit pilot, flies the big plane, And he's done it in previous tours, but he just says this time, look, he's 63 years old. He's going to be performing a hell of a show on stage when they tour. And, you know, he just wants to rest. And they retire pilots usually commercially at 65 anyway. So he's like, you know what? It's my time to retire from being a pilot as well, too. I'm sure I'll still do it here and there, but he's not going to do it for the tour. So he'll be a passenger which I thought was uh, was pretty cool. And f- one more, uh, for those that were watching Saturday Night Live last night, did you did you see SNL last night, Johnny? On a Monday? My old, my old TV stomping grounds. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Saturday. I watched, <laughs> I, watched the re- I watched the rerun of it, but who watched it on Saturday no, SNL? Because I'm on uh, here with, with Saturday well, night. Hmm. Right, and we wouldn't want to miss that. That's why, you know, you watch it as a rerun. Um, but <laughs> Katy Perry went on SNL with giant dancing penis toadstools. So imagine, <laughs> just just Google it, Johnny. Just Google it. I, I mean, I, I have some photos, but I mean, I mean, balls and shaft and the whole nine yards. Which it, with was, my, that wasn't the with, new song, was it? Yes, yes. With just Google Katy Perry penis SNL. Because this is worth watching. If you haven't seen that performance, everyone's in basically giant penis costumes with uh with toadstool dickheads. 
Do you see the images yet? Yeah, Johnny's like, oh, hi, Allie. Family show. I'm looking. Yeah, try to get one that shows because they, they the testicles were were on their legs, and uh, basically performing a video with giant penises. It was very, very, very fun. Good episode this week too. William Defoe was uh, was the guest, and Katy Perry was the musical guest. But the the video caught my eye. Do you have any other photos that show the bodies better? I mean, not that that doesn't show it, but <laughs> they're, they're even better photos of, of them dancing. Pull, pull up another photo. See, see, see ones where they're erect. <laughs> There's like a snail. Yeah, forget the snail. The, the penis ones, all the penises, the dancing penis. How do you miss 10 six-foot dancing penises? And they all had toadstool dickheads, you know, with the little dots like the mushroom. Or maybe that was herpes. I don't know. But uh, but there you go. And scroll down and look, look at the legs they made into testicles. <laughs> this is what SNL has come to, boys and girls. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's great, right? Did, did anyone in the chat see this? I was going to watch it. I haven't seen it yet. Spoiler alert. Because I, I like yeah. the new song. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, there was also a very funny uh, blowjob skit. You'll know it when you see it because they don't really hide it. Check that out. <laughs> that was that was all live. Yeah, penis shrooms. And it's like setting the internet on fire because it was funny as fuck. Yeah, what do you think, Alice Martinez? You like that? What would you do if one of those came to your knocking on your door uh, for Halloween? Hi, got any candy? Right now, my mom's probably watching the show Diddling Her Clit. Oh, I like those. Oh, God. that's very nice. Oh, look. They look like, oh, they're penises. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> G. Bushnoff says, Katy Perry is from uh, Marietta, California. I've heard her parents are very religious and probably aren't too happy with her right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably not. But well, hey, how, many, how many people get to perform with dancing penises that aren't? Uh... <sighs> I'm sure they're yeah. all very happy. Oh, well, it, it, clearly they're they're coming all over the place. <laughs> look how erect they are of course they're happy hey listen if katie perry came around me dancing with uh with big boob cutouts in her shirt i'd be erect and dancing around her too those look like some pretty full balls i like how they did little mushroom designs on the on the penis hats very fun she she's doing a uh a vegas uh residency like really? months and months and months and months. Yeah. Katie Penis uh, Perry. <laughs> She's like, her show is like the biggest thing in Vegas right now. Nice. By the way, uh, speaking, of, speaking of the biggest thing, uh, Gene Simmons is selling his mansion and uh, he's asking about $13 million for it. 
but he's willing to accept Bitcoin now. So he's willing to accept crypto. So if anyone out there has cryptocurrencies and you want to launder it a little bit, not that I'm suggesting it, uh, but if you want to get rid of some of it, Gene Simmons is willing to accept crypto for his uh, his mansions, $13 million mansion. Let's see what that looks like, John. As I suck down Bang Energy Drink, the official drink of Katy Perry's penis dancers this week. <laughs> yeah, because I, I kept saying that that uh, she was trending on, on Twitter. Yeah, that's why. I kept saying Katy Perry. They, they made no secret about it. If you watch these things dancing, these balls were bouncing. <laughs> the testicles were bouncing around, and they were just like spurting around, and it was pretty funny. That should be that should have been the Super Bowl. That really should have been the Super Bowl. Tom Petty did it with the Alice in Wonderland video. Yeah, but I don't think it was as, as obvious as the Katy Perry thing. There you go. There's Gene Simmons Mansion. If anyone has 13 million in cryptocurrency laying around that you, you probably paid originally five thousand four years ago. Now it's worth 13 million. There you go. Gene Simmons. Pretty soon, Paul Stanley's going to sell his own mansion and it's going to be in cryptocurrency as well. But I'm going to do it all for the fans. Mm-hmm. There you go. Nice. And there you go. And finally tonight... Um, let me bring it up here. Hold on. Katy Perry. There we go. And where else did I have that? Um, hold on. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Where are we? Um, hold on. Where are we here? Let's see. Autograph just signed with Frontiers Music for a new album. For those that are interested. That isn't what I was going to talk about, but I just came across it. Uh, what I did want to talk about, though. Something uh, important? Uh, first, just for a second. <laughs> I just I just lost my image of it though, so I had it set aside. Please don't leave, everybody. <laughs> Please don't leave. Don't go. Or how fast can we clear the room? What's the fastest? We could we do it. We like could do drop. an Irish goodbye, but I want to do I want to do our regular. Um... Uh, well, we'll talk. We'll talk about it next week. I'll bring it. it's it's a story that can wait till next week. Gives you gives you something to look forward to for next week, because otherwise you got nothing. <laughs> clear, clear the room. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about it next week. We'll talk about it next week. It's it's a story that'll wait. Anyway, let's thank you to our channel members, our beloved and treasured channel members, who we do. 
of course, appreciate our audience. As you know, like James5150, James Gum, Jimmy Ray Hawkins, Wayno, Thomas Santiago, Small Mouth Guy, whoops, Small Mouth Guy, uh, Dave Ennis, Vinyl Freaks5150, Majestic PB and J Cat, Mike Neeston, Halen, James G Music Therapy, Laz, Andy Carson, Rick Green, The Chad, Christopher Live Sawa, All Dave, All Night, Murph Murphy, Steve Barton, Fernando Riley, Laguna Palms, Robot Master Switch, R2R3, Locking Nut, Six Chick 71, John Marana, Killer Lewis, Jeff T, 5150 TV, Kurt 5150, the 5150 TV show and Beebs TV, KXM Rock, The Dreamer's Life, R Habs, Stephen Franklin, Carol Hatcher, Sean Shreds, Margaret Scranton, Michael the Captain Smith, Jesus Rapes Me, Cole Morazic, Brian Spaulding, Joe Christian, False Flag, that's Johnny. Ghost BC Rich, you called well, Jim Nicholas, Mr. BHB Jr., that's Bruce, and False Flag is not Johnny. Thomas Santiago, Linny Lou, and my little geriatric sex kitten, Mary, Bo Zeke, and Steve Carmichael. Steve Carmichael. Those are the you channel rock, members. Man. Those are our channel members. But of course, we appreciate all of our audience, and we love you. We appreciate you. Look, I hate to say this again. Take care of yourselves. Be safe out there. Get the goddamn shot. Wear the mask. Be safe. It's not political. Just get through this goddamn pandemic so we could get back to live music in real life. Happy Chinese New Year to everyone celebrating and happy Black History Month uh, to all of us. We should appreciate that. There's Johnny getting ready to mask up. I got my N95 ready to go. I'm getting I'm ready here. to go outside. Yeah. But we love and appreciate everyone. We just want you safe, okay? Be kind to each other, you know. Adopt dogs from shelters. Take care of Jason Becker. All the good stuff, okay? We, we just want you to be safe, okay? Because we give a shit. And we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you all for hanging out. Leave thumbs up on the video if you had fun. Even if you didn't, leave thumbs up on the video. And leave comments because we replied to them. We love reading your comments. Okay, so we hope you guys all had fun and we will see you on Talking Guitars and 80s Metal next Tuesday. Right. And we'll see everyone else. What Friday, Johnny? Is that the next show you got? Um, I don't know. Let's also give a shout out and a well wishes to Bent Tom and to Dave Nesdall, both dealing with health issues. And, um, you know, of course, shout out to uh, to Dave Nesdall. Also lost Brandy. Uh, his dog, and uh, as you know, Sandra Picorni also lost her dog. So a lot of, lot of stuff going on. So prayers and positive energy out there. But, you know, for Ben Tom and Nesdal, um, you know, take care, take care of yourselves and, uh, and, you know, say a little prayer and send some positive energy their way, okay? Because we love them. And we love all of you, right? Right, Johnny? Yeah, we love all of you. So uh, we'll see you guys next time. Uh, yeah, guitars, this, huh? yeah, talking guitars and eighties and eighties metal live next week. Rock on, everybody! Rock on, dudes! Bye bye. And Blue Rhino loves you Blue all. Blue Rhino. And yes, Ooh. yes, I, I will be on Twitch. We love everybody. Ooh. Who said that? Somebody asked me. Blue Rhino. I'll be on Twitch. All right. Love you all. I don't care about that.
<laughs> All right. Love Bye-bye. to Mama Kuda. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Bye.